welcome to episode 206 of the F Reality Podcast. Like the three wise men did for baby Jesus, we bring you exquisite spices from the wide world of VR and AR and deliver them directly to your crib. We had a six-week gap since our last one of these, so it's going to be a catch-up show today. The industry is starting to bubble up. We sent the crew off both to VR Toronto and Gamescom, so we'll recount those trips, and then we'll get into the latest about Quest Pro and PSVR 2 for our eager podcast listeners. Seeing as it's 2022 and high fives are growing in popularity again, we're also going to talk about the ideal upgrade to the average high five. That's right, it's the Tilt 5 AR game board and headset. Is it the new Amiga? Or is this how we're going to say happy birthday, Gramps, in 2025? Just wait a little bit and find out later. To pull the plug in our burn victim of a midsummer show, Nathy will run us through his picks of the litter from the new and upcoming releases paddling pool. But give the guy a break. He's just gotten through German border control, and that in itself can be a full body experience. <laughs> now, you'll note we are missing the particularly sultry tones of an English gentleman from the podcast. And yes, he's not here today. Mike is continuing his time away, and we've agreed to change things up here at Efriali headquarters with a bit of a role swap. From now on, I will be your main host. Nathy has taken the reins of releases, which he has so gratefully handled in the past. And Rowdy's up in the crow's nest, sailing this fine spacecraft from behind his studio mixing desk. That means your, fa your flavor of, the, uh, of your darling podcast will change a bit, no doubt. Um, but with my flair for the unexpected and while still channeling Mike's keen eye for the latest in industry news, we hope you find the change to be to your liking. Chat. Chatty. Chat, chat. We've missed you. I've missed you. Let us know what you've been playing so we can remark in your VR highlights too. What's soaked up your playtime while we've been chilling at pool parties and signing a $6 million deal with Spotify. <laughs> Especially that one, right? Especially that one. Well, dreams aside, let me shake hands with our union bosses from both Apple and Android fan clubs and learn about the wear and tear on their smartwatches over the weeks just gone. Starting off... Uh, Nathy, it's been a bitter time apart for us, old buddy. So naturally, there's an important question I need to pop. Who had the best kicks in Germany? Who had laced up in the best styles? Who is the ultimate champion of Gamescom 2022 and wins your coveted footwear style award? The people have got to know. Yeah, it's a good one. Honestly, I haven't really been looking at people's shoes, but... <laughs> Looking at the yeah the the ones in the VR scene, I think I think uh, Gamertag VR is usually uh, like pretty on point with shoes as well. So yeah, I can I imagine think... like a high top sneaker or yeah like, what's yeah he rocking? Jordans I think some jo Jordans. Jesus, uh, which ones I don't know, but yeah. Uh, Who, I who's going to take that down? You know who's going to no. take on the Jordan? I don't well, know. I, like I, that I, that has been the shoe for how long now? Man. Yeah, it's very very long. But I, I, I first I want to say Mike, but I think Mike is like sponsored by Super Dry, so it's, all, it's, all super, it's like Super Dry Man, right? I don't know how they haven't sponsored him yet. He's always wearing. It looks good on him though. Like it, it does suit him. So yeah, it does. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing fine. Uh, it, it's been a long time. Yeah, it feels like 84 years ago. It's uh, it's crazy. So uh, what I've been doing, I pretty much went on holiday for like two weeks. And uh, then I then I came back and then I straight away went to Gamescom. So it's, it's been like I haven't really been home at all. Um, but it, it's nice to kind of get back into this like a routine that I used to do. Um, I, 
kind of had to get used to it, to be honest. I mean, uh, everyone did. Uh, I was like, wait, are we like, is this is this real? Is this actually happening? Are we talking again? Because as you may know, like in the US, there are a lot of events happening, but in, in Europe, uh, it's super rare. So yeah, the, the fact that Gamescom uh, was happening again was unreal. I yeah. saw the pictures, like, it looked like there were, again, droves, hordes of people. Like, comparing yeah. to your past Gamescom times, I mean, we'll get into Gamescom a little bit later, but was was it kind of back to full force, or half of that, or, like, no, what was it? it? Was, it was back to full force. Uh, I, I, I did see some, some signs here and there saying, like, uh, we prefer you to wear a mask, but I, I haven't seen anyone wear one. There was just, like walking around <laughs> doing their thing um and uh, i mean the, the big players weren't there like ea and uh, playstation but even then it was still huge it was still big i don't know how many people uh, uh attended gamescom but there was no way i could see uh, like like a, a difference between pre and after uh you know the whole pandemic uh, thing that's happening. good because yeah the, the events that i've attended since have all been a little bit of a shadow of their former selves, you know, like 60%, 80% of the kind of foot traffic. But from no. the photos I was seeing, yeah, it really looks like there was the usual cattle yeah, <laughs> drive, yeah, yeah. you know, exactly. of gamers. Yeah. That's loads, good. Loads. Excellent. Yeah. Was there anything particular in the last, like, I don't know, two months that you've played that you wanted to call out or? Good to oh, wait I, for the I, will be, I will be talking about the Gamescom stuff. Uh, yeah. Besides that, I haven't really done uh, much, uh, much VR, to be honest. Yeah. No worries. Yeah, very good. Okay. The chat so, is actually wondering if you bumped into Doctor Disrespect again. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. I haven't seen him. No, I haven't seen him. No. Uh, at some point, uh, it's kind of funny because you bump into uh, the same people because you have to go to appointment from appointment, and then you sometimes run into someone who's also busy. And so I saw Mike standing there, and then I just kind of give him a little pat on the back, like, "Hey." Uh, yeah, hey, uh, don't uh, you know? Like, I'm gonna be there first, or uh, uh, stuff like that, like trolling each other a little bit. Uh, or I said, like, to GT, it's like there was like uh, one game that I played, and then suddenly something didn't work. So, like, are you trying to sabotage my videos? And uh, uh, just kind of being uh, like, like smack talking a little bit. It's it is, funny. it is funny though. Like, these conventions, like, when you go to them, one of the things that strikes you after you've been to a couple is like how little time there is, you know, like, especially yeah. if there's like a main show event and everyone goes to that. And then, of course, you got to find time to eat and drink at some point throughout the day. But then, like, meeting people, especially if you have, like, a select dev, and if it's only, like, a two- or three-day event, you yeah. got to be careful with your time, right? So Yeah, and, and some people uh, make the mistake to party too hard. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, Been there. And they, they get super drunk or uh, they, yeah. they, they completely ruin their voice and there's nothing left. So, uh, But I think yeah. I think the, 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 the biggest highlight I, I could, you know, uh, give you guys is that I got to hang with you. From uh, oh, from right. from PlayStation, yeah. um, super sweet guy, super nice guy. Uh, I I thought I was like looking for him to meet him, but he was also looking for me because he was like suddenly like waving at me. He's like, I I finally found you. I'm like, well, I thought I was looking for you, but he's like super <laughs> uh, social and very aware of uh, what everyone is doing. Um, yeah, he just said like um, excited for you to try PlayStation VR too. Uh, well, that's all I need to know. 
I'm, nice. I'm already excited right now. So Yeah, no kidding. Who isn't at this point? Um, all right. Well, thank you very much. We started with kicks. We ended with shoe. So yeah. now we're going to just go <laughs> ahead. Shoe, yeah. <laughs> but, but that find was our wild. use as well. Like we're talking about Jordan. Yeah, I got to meet a shoe. shoe. <laughs> I even got to meet a shoe. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're going to go ahead. So Rowdy, uh, next, this uh, faux Canuck is a man's man. From roller skating naked across Canada in nothing but a lab coat to solving the European energy crisis, just over the weekend for fun, you can put your faith in this disciple of VR. It's Father Rowdy. How's the sermon shaping up, man? Oh, it's it's doing well. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy that you <laughs> brought up my accomplishments of the last two weeks. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I've been I've been doing great. I also went to a conference, by the way. Uh, not oh. Gamescom, but uh, oh. I went to to San Diego not that long ago for a. Uh, an Alzheimer conference, uh, which was uh, amazing to go to as well, especially just like Nady said, you know, events here are, you know, in, in the US at least, are very common again. However, they were very, very strict on like, you know, just still wearing the masks inside and like, which was a little oh. bit ridiculous because as soon as you went outside, you went into the bus or something, it wasn't <laughs> obligated. It was just in the conference. Yeah. You had to wear the mask at all times. Uh, I, I think it's a little bit as well to like cover themselves in in case like because so many people got COVID because of it because that's just the thing like especially nowadays like you know that the virus is still going around so much uh, so yeah I mean uh, that that was great I did get to play like a little bit of VR here and there as well but right. I mean there hasn't been I mean we'll be talking about some of the stuff that came out you know in in, in the past weeks probably today as well but I don't know it feels like there's a lot of stuff coming out that I just don't really feel like playing um yeah. like I, I still go back to like older titles uh, i do that a lot i did play some uh, some green hell uh, i i went okay. into that as well uh which is like it is my kind of game like i like that kind of stuff like you know trying to survive and there's there's a little bit of a story as well that is going on there um haven't really delved too deep into that game to really give an opinion but it does mm. feel like the the survival mechanics are very um like extensive like uh like we, we we both played like song in the smoke which yeah. i already thought was like really really well done and really extensive but like green hell feels like like even like further like Step it goes beyond. a little bit further yeah 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 which is cool which is awesome i don't know if it will be eventually to such a point that it will get frustrating because you know mm. nobody well i mean there are some people who maybe do it for fun but usually you don't survive for fun you know like uh uh, it still needs to be if it's put in a game it needs to be gamified it needs to be you know to a certain level of fun uh, I think we'll be talking about fun later on as well uh, and, and VR games <laughs> one of our um, main topics is fun kind of, yes it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of weird like like didn't you like last time talk about Tarzan VR and then he goes yeah. back into the jungle again like you always he just spend, wants to be a jungle man yeah yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Very interesting. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's my calling well, you have been you have been in your prison cell for a very long time, so I, I, I yeah, totally that, understand. Maybe, maybe that's why. F yeah. Finally, going out into nature. Yeah. But I mean, cool game. If you're into that kind of stuff, uh, you know, surviving a lot of green, uh, you know, and 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 the story mode as well that feels a little bit a la the forest. I would say, like, mm, yeah. uh, maybe not as uh, horrific or as like the horror element of it. Uh, but I mean, surviving in itself can be pretty scary. So. Absolutely. Well, that's a good one. Uh, going in the forest is always a fun one. And I'll tell you, I still think that VR at some point is going to hit us with a survival game that just blows our socks off and everyone will be doing it, you know. So looking forward forward to that. Thank you for those uh, suggestions. And um, all right, lads, what, what's, been, what's chat been up to? What have they said that have been filling up their weeks? 
Yeah, so so away. so first of all, I, again, like we really appreciate everyone, you know, being patient with us, listening to the show, watching. I've seen everyone in the chat. Everyone is back, back on track, just like us. Um, so we have uh, Xalen Maru, who has been taking time with Red Matter too. So mm. while we were gone, that was one of the biggest ones that came out. Uh, looks <laughs> absolutely fantastic. It's like witchcraft. Um, nice to see like a new standard, right? Again for uh, how a game can look on quest and that you Agreed. can definitely push it to the limit um then we have a uh, darsh angel 3 uh, who tried out ultimax uh got briefly into my second mod with valheim and as always rocking and stoning with france oh. and then <laughs> last but not least we have one up vr who has been playing vr chat and moss book 2 because that also came out on the quest um sooner than i expected i thought it would right. be a long long exclusive but uh no yeah it's actually pretty good i i got, I got to jump into uh, moss a bit and uh red matter as you say is uh, incredible looking like it's so immaculate that it you know some games like you don't see the seams you don't see any aliasing like that's we're at that level of fidelity now which is pretty impressive so hats yeah. off to the team truly a technical marvel um all right, friends, brace yourselves. It's time for my highlight from the last month and a half. Mm. And it's a furry friendly one. So. Oh, no. <laughs> now, oh, there, was, no. there was quite a commotion uh, due to major platform changes in VR chat while we've been away. Mm. Uh, review bombing was triggered. And I wanted to check out if uh, VR chat was truly broken, how my Taffy avatar would fare. A five or two years ago, and you know, oh, Mike wow. originally put me onto that. That's Taffy T-A-F-I, if anyone else is looking for a VR chat avatar. And right. I was trying to see if everything would still function for me. Uh, you know, I'm an average user. I don't spend loads of hours in VR chat. Like, is it broken or does it still work? Uh, in short, it worked really well. The avatar worked fine. Login was prompt, no error messages or anything. So generally speaking. I was like, okay, what's all this about? Obviously, if you're into heavy modding and various types of tracking, there, there are losses, right? And that's what that's why the community is upset. Understandable. But then in just a few minutes, because um, I dedicated one live stream to this, I found myself like absolutely impressed at <laughs> some jaw-dropping <laughs> level of details uh, certain select worlds in VR chat have become in 2022. And for anyone who, who like me, hadn't been back in in more than a year, I'm going to give some recommendations about things that I think you should check out. Uh, just a few of them, because I was, I was honestly very impressed. Um, mm. We also had on stream a surprise pair of drop-in guests. Uh, we had tour guides, both Lakuza and Fiona. Uh, you both might remember. Both of them are renowned VR chat creators whom we know on the podcast from their past work on The Devouring, uh, which was yes. this six-hour epic saga, uh, a horror experience, mm. and kind of room escape. Uh, that we ran together as F Reality Live. I still remember we. It felt like mm. we were in the deep depths of the jungle, like <laughs> losing stamina mm. and not making, barely not making it out. You know, we did yeah. finish it. Thank God. R Rowdy um, scaring us in the background while he wasn't playing. I oh, that was that oh, was so a, much fun. You were such an ass. I had yes. so much fun there, even though I wasn't playing. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing like audio clips <laughs> and stuff. Um, uh, so here, here are my top four picks for adventurers who dare to brave a. Possible minefield. It is VR chat after all. Um, but if you want to, you know, experience the best in the verse, then here's some of them. Uh, the first one and my favorite hands down by far um, is called Organism. And it's by Dr. Morrow. So that's Organism. Uh, 
it's basically a walking art experience, and that'll put a lot of you off. Um, but it's just breathtaking scale. Like you are going through this world that goes room to room, area to area, and it'll take you more than an hour to explore. And I'm telling you, if you've got a train fetish, oh boy, like that's, <laughs> you're into trains, man. There's okay. trains all over this thing, but mm. it is, it's a really awesome, um, story without words in what you experience as you're going through this, this place. Um, feels really inspired. Very, very awesome. You can see twisting corridors and stuff in the clips. Oh that, man, that, that makes my brain hurt. Like it, it's so weird to go through it. And there's certain things in this, not dissimilar from what Red Matter Two has done, like rain droplets on glass and the effect of that, and the way diffusion is coming through for light. Right. I couldn't imagine that they could do that in VR chat. It's incredible. So if you really want to, like, take an hour and just find your way there. You don't need to go with other people. You can just go, go for the walk-in tour on your own. Incredible. Organism by Dr. Morrow. That's the first. Um, then the next one, uh, for those of you who are old, like Dreamcast fans, uh, JSR Festival by Lakuza, standing for Jet Set Radio, uh, oh, is a multiplayer, oh. full city, kind of like a crazy taxi city size. Uh, oh, this yeah. Japanese city where you can grind, skate, wall ride, double jump, all this kind of stuff, picking up stuff as you're, as you're grinding the rails. feels really like a Tony Hawk game in VR chat. Super fun. I could totally see us like just hanging out, talking about something and just hanging out in that city for an hour or two. You know, it's really, really cool. Takes you about, I don't know, 10 or maybe 10 to 12 minutes to get through the tutorial. So you understand how the movement mechanisms work and what to do and what not to do, but really, really kind of neat. And it rewards you from like kind of GTA style through discoverable areas. So you can like grind on a rail, then hop to a billboard, hop up, you right. know, and you get to places that you couldn't get before. So there's like a bit of experience oh, there. I, That's... I played that game so much. Just a radio future. Damn. See, I never got the opportunity to play it. So this was like... It, it was, was like, like one of those like really games fun. you got for free with your Xbox. That's why I played it. Because I, I mean, I, I never have money oh. to buy any games. So I got like the only games I ever played with Xbox were like the two that I got for free with it, which was like Halo and Just a Radio Future, I think. Uh, so those, those, I, I, I played those so much. <laughs> it was One ridiculous. of the classics really is. Now it's going back a long way now, but yeah, Jets, 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 Jets at radio. Um, for anyone who thinks about VR chat, I think you tend to go like, okay, what about anime and that type of thing? So there is one world. And although that's not my kind of bag, that's not my type of thing. No, uh, district. I thought, I thought, I thought you kind of liked the, uh, you know, <laughs> that's a no. different Brad. That's oh, a different Brad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, the district Roboto by Finns is this like, awesome connected Japanese village with enterable buildings and each building is different things. Like you can go into like a little sushi hut. Um, you really get a taste of like what the future holds for the verse. You get to and taste it. No, you don't get to taste the sushi. Oh, no, no, unfortunately, okay. That would, be, that <laughs> yeah, would okay. be really cool. Like that's what Neuralink is for, right? Go, go eat as much sushi as you want and never have to gain any weight. That'd be cool. Uh, but I ran across like this, the most adorable, almost like Pixar style. If I describe this, you're going to laugh probably. It's like a teeny robot mob boss that's the best way i can describe it right <laughs> it's shaking you down and you can you can flick a coin to, you know get, donate a coin to your the witcher in in this level as well where there's a dude sitting with a guitar who will play a song for you it's just really well integrated so this is another one that i'd, I'd recommend people check out if you want like what's the future going to be like what are these worlds going to be like there's some you know artists who've just put together incredible worlds and just standing like in the silence of the ambient sounds on this like 
corridor, this like dimly lit Japanese street, the, the artisan work there is just incredible. So again, these are things that are just totally pushing the boundaries in VR chat. If you want to check them out, the last one for anyone who's like, just not got time, right. Is only a three minute like music video. And I didn't think that the, uh, that fluid particle effects in VR chat could get this good. It felt like wearing an index. That's the, like how fluid things felt in a title called the edge by creator mm. Mochi. So that's the edge. Um, he's got a few of these now. Um, I should say he or she, I don't know. Um, but it's like, it feels like 90 frames per second or better particle effects, quick, impressive, like planetarium, like showcase you stand, you're in the middle of this thing. And these things are just going off around you. It feels like when I was downtown in London for new year's and they blew off, you know, fireworks right in front of your eyes, just overwhelming, overwhelming in the level of, of detail and fluidity. It was really, really awesome. So yeah, those four things, um, in VR chat are just must play experiences. Uh, I, I've now kind of started, I'm, I'm starting to build a list of VR chat experiences because I'll go back from time to time. Uh, but I added those to my review section. So if anyone's got like, want to know what my recommendations are, I've got those all linked. So how, how did wow. you, how did you like find them? Like, how, how did you Mo like stumble upon them? I was so lucky. So, so I first went to Reddit and I was like, what's the best VR chat worlds. I'm going to do a show on this. So I gathered yeah. a list of about 30 things. Mm -hmm. Most of those were terrible, um, which thankfully we only did at the end of my show. But because Lakuza and I knew Lakuza's name, I was in, I did the Jet Set Radio thing. And then Lakuza pops in chat and is like, hey, and brought Fiona in and they started giving me recommendations. So they're seasoned artists and they know the good stuff. And yeah. they have um, like public profiles that have lists of this stuff, but they were just spoon feeding me. They were like, hey, go here, go here. So I had a Sherpa, basically I had a pair of digital Sherpas who led me to the best right. stuff. And that's why I wanted nice. to share that. Yeah, uh, because I... The thing is, towards the tail end of my show, I went to some of the more of that Reddit stuff, and it's like, it was more what I was expecting, rough around the edges, difficult stuff. And I'm sure you're going to ask me, like, did you see any furries funny business? And unfortunately, as if the last podcast we had wasn't bad enough for my eyes. Yeah, I did. I did. I got to see <laughs> two furries coming at it, which I wouldn't want to see. And I'd never seen it VR before. And I was like, Oh my, you know, it was like, geez, what's going on here? All right. Yeah, but, yeah, but that was it. That was VR chat. So I don't know if you guys have run across anything in VR chat. That's particularly tickling for you. <sighs> tickling. But, uh, not, not the right choice of words after, after what you just told me, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my penance. I think I had to pay for the experience and that was the pay for the ticket. It was worth it in the end. It was. <laughs> you know, so oh, that wow. was fun. But wow. uh, all right, enough of that. Let's, uh, let's get on to the main part of the show. I am April O'Neil, and this is the six o'clock weather report uh, for <laughs> VR. So long time coming. Um, uh, since we've been away, I got a chance to go to VRTO or VR Toronto uh, here in, in Toronto. So it's the, the big, biggest Canadian convention, and uh, they've been doing this for several years. C coming back in kind of full form now uh, after the pandemic lifted. Uh, Karim uh, is the lead behind that, Kar Karim Maliki Sanchez. And I'm, I'm calling out his name in particular because... Um, if there's anyone who I've heard speak so like passionately about VR, understanding where VR sits at the moment and how all this tech pulls together every so often, you know, in this, in this world, you'll run across somebody who they're holding a flag up and they're running in a particular direction and you just kind of want to rally behind them. And right. that's exactly how I felt with Karim, uh, meeting him and, and just seeing his passion for this, the people he'd brought together, 
I was a little worried um, showing up at the OCAD University, um, this kind of design college, you know, campus, that it was going to be very uh, lecture-like. And thankfully yeah. it wasn't. There was some really interesting stuff on on show. And one of the things that Karim said, he said, um, this is this tech is for nerds now, but coming soon for normies. And that's that's honestly how I feel. I mean, we're like eight going on nine years into all of this, and um, there's a lot coming. But there was stuff that I saw there. Uh, there's three things I'm going to highlight that are just like, I think things you need to know about and that are coming. Um, not strictly game related, but some are. And let me just jump into them. So the first one was, and I think we've talked about this on a previous podcast, um, you know, AI neural networks. And we've been we've been seeing, obviously, with things like Midjourney and Dolly, the transformation that's happening on the artistic community, even game development. Um, but we got to see live two different showcases of different developers using the GPT-3 model, which is the yeah. third generation yeah. generative pre-trained transformer. So a neural network machine learning model that's trained using internet data basically to f your world up right they're just taking everything that's human out there plugging it into a pc it's learning what we do why we do it and then they plug this into games in a way that i didn't expect to see in 2022 certainly not summer in 2022 um but ai in games actively parsing input live speech from a from a player and giving real dialogue back yeah, so it's, you could it's the your... same. It's the same model that uh, uh, Lucas Risotto used, right, for yep. generating the, the the living microwave, right? Yep. The Amazon microwave. That's <laughs> the a, scary microwave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. It's, it's still like the, the way that the model works. Works. It's like it's predictive text. So when it 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 gets input and based on that input, it predicts what is the likely output to that. So that's still like the way that this. It's not real. Like, like it's not intelligence. Like it doesn't understand really what it's saying, but it feels like it understands it. So that's that's the cool thing about it. So, but it's not it's not intelligence per se. Right. So it's yeah. it's it's mimicking where we're going, but we're not right there yet. So so what often happens with these kind of models is that if you give them a word, they predict what the likely word to follow up upon that sentence. So for example, GPT three is used a lot in order to write articles. So you can, for example, give them an input and say, like, write an article about virtual reality and the latest news about Meta. And it will generate, like, you know, a paragraph or two paragraphs or whatever you want with actual, some, sounds like something that has been written by a reporter based on the information that found on the internet and then using that in order to predict sentences, basically. Yeah. And so how, how they demonstrated this that was really, really cool was like, um, like a shopkeeper. Right? So say you're buying an axe from a shopkeeper in a, in a fantasy game. Um, they demonstrated this live interaction. And so like the guy's like, okay, so you want to sell me this axe? He's like, how much is the axe? The axe is 40 gold. And you're like, well, what's special about the axe? Well, this axe was used to kill, you know, Grecian god Hatia, um, you know, 40 years ago. And it gives like a sentence of like flavor text, basically. Right. But, but then there was an interconnection between the different items in the shop, uh, the interaction with the storekeep. And it, it started to feel almost on that edge of believable. There was in the model a little bit of delay. Uh, and there was a second guy who also had an almost better model kind of tweaked with less delay. We're really getting to that edge where in a game, oh, it yeah, feel fluid. Sure. And it's yeah. like, that's quite exciting. So, and, and the cool thing is if you see all those stories about like mid journey and stuff like that, where you have like textual input that is then being used in order to predict like the image that is related to that, which is also based on a transformer, by the way. 
so it's, it's or I think that's based on like a, a GAN maybe like a generative adversarial network where you actually have something that is being generated from input which is really cool as well because you can do so many crazy things like that like I know like the Dungeon and Dragon stuff is really popular where they get like you know those character creation cards so you can actually like based on the text they, they will predict how that character will look like yeah so mm-hmm. it's it's really cool to see that kind of stuff yeah mid-journey uh- that's really neat. One wow. thing that I do think is is an interesting, like when you think about a median, like a function that's going to average all the you know, information that's been brought together, it, it will have a bias. And that's one of the things I kind of am worried about in this is that you'll end up with things. I still think there's a need for an artist to kind of drag the model in a direction, you know, so that it's not just picking up like, you know, okay, here's this Viking. So this Viking's always going to look burly. They're always going to be hairy. They're always, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm curious where we're going, but I still think that there's going to be, whether it's an, a human artist or some type of intelligence coming from the AI side to kind of pull that tool in that direction. We're, we're into some transformative years ahead of us. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and, and the thing is that there's network, the more stuff that you put into those networks, the harder, because those networks, they train in a way that they, they constantly try to fool themselves. So the way that those, those generative aversional networks work is that you have something that is creating and the other thing is like verifying whether it's real. So there's, it's basically it's two kind of networks that you're training and they're both trying to outpace each other. So if you show, for example, a lot of pictures of how a human face looks and then you tell the computer now create a human face, then it will create a human face. But then you have another network within that network that will see like, is this a real human face? And if it says no, then the other network will make like slight improvements up until like the other network is not able anymore to discern between what is computer generated mm. and the actual picture. That's of so the face. cool. Okay, that's so the first like time they, anyone's they're ever constantly that. training each other those networks. That's how those Mid Journey, for example, I think that is also based on on a, on a GAN network, where you have like those kind of like two networks that are kind of in sync with each other, where they're constantly trying to like learn or improve each other. Which is really interesting. Yeah. Wow. And this is why I have so much faith in Father Rowdy. Jesus, that, thank you for explaining <laughs> that in a way that uh, us laymen can understand. So that was the GPT-3 piece. Uh, Nathan, were you trying to jump in there with something? Or? No, 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 no. It was uh, very, very intriguing. I feel like I'm already transforming into an AI prediction myself. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, gonna be left for us after all this is in? But anyway, like, that's so coming I, to games. So, so you guys are like, are you really to prove it? There's like oh, the delay is like two seconds. And like, uh, you don't believe me anymore? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> we'll just replace you from the podcast. That's it. You just get your AI model instead. Yeah, oh yeah, my God. yeah. Soon, <laughs> one day coming soon to a podcast near you. Yeah, every maybe then we'll finally AI. be able to do it on the two hours. You know, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. Much more efficient podcast with AI drivers. All right, two more things. Uh, This one, next one, art history. So I'm the kind of person who, if I go to a museum, I tend tend to get bored pretty quick. I'm an action guy. I'm a Quake player, right? Like uh, Mm. museums I find interesting, but put me in there for more than an hour and uh, definitely my attention wanes. So uh, a pair of augmented reality uh, specialists decided to solve the problem uh, that like me, high school kids were bored staring at naked old metal. So instead, they brought to life an augmented reality app. So, uh, you know, students and others could experience museums in a new way. Back in the day, I still remember you used to have, you know, literally a cassette tape that you'd strap on your belt and you'd have like little 
terrible headphones and you'd walk around listening to pieces of art and what had inspired uh. them and stuff is like an audio tour. Mm. Um, but this is kind of like the next step in that direction. Um, and so what they did was they had this bronze statue, uh, which was found at like the bottom of the Adriatic Sea and they had recomposed it and they were trying to challenge the fact that these uh, statues based on some of the, I won't say subatomic, but very low level molecular um, traces, uh, they could tell that these had actually been fully painted before. They weren't like these bronze, again, naked bronze statues that we had expected. They may have even had been clothed. You know, they were kind of going through and, and, and musing to say, what did this really look like back in the day? And so just like on Google Maps or on the app Wander, if you've ever played around with that, being able to scroll back through historic snapshots gives you this like ability for temporal exploration. So you can experience layers of past realities, which I think is really neat. And I think particularly since the advent of the internet, you know, we've already seen it like the Wayback Machine. You can go back to old internet pages and go like, oh, what did it used to look like? But this is doing that for, you know, 2000 plus years ago. Um, and, and I thought that was pretty nifty, you know, and then there's just some kind of like natural pieces to this technology that that really um, help in that situation. So again, your high school student or whatever, you know, going up, touching statues, what you can do if they're using an AR app, whether it be on a phone or with AR glasses, you know, you can set up a boundary system. So you get too close to it, looking, trying to get to the detail and it can kind of stop you uh, from, from, from getting too close, not physically, but you know, encourage you not to get, get any close to the app while you're flicking through different versions of the truth. Um, so that's pretty neat. And then I suppose you could also have the creative outlet, let people dress up these, <laughs> these uh, statues and, and then let others explore what that looks like, you know? So looking, uh, look forward to that kind of technology at a museum new, near you. Mm. Are either of you guys museum goers? Um, so I, I like seeing the, you know, like ancient history kind of stuff. And that 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 I love to see. Uh, I'm not big on the, for example, um, uh, like like art, like uh, abstract art, and like not really my kind of thing. Uh, but like you know how humans like used to live, or like you know dinosaur stuff, or like any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> Come back natural, to the jungle again. natural history museum, uh, any <laughs> science stuff. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you, Nathy? What about you? Um, you when I was on holiday, I went to the ABBA Museum again. I was already again. Again. the second, the second the time. Second time. <laughs> you really love ABBA. <laughs> because it's just, it's it's really interactive. And I'm not a huge fan, but it's just kind of cool to just walk uh, around. I actually, it's, it's very like, you can just see a lot of things and like touch your things. And, but I don't like to just like... Is it a wax museum? What is it? I didn't go. Rowdy's been. I don't they have They do that. have like wax figures, right? Of Abba. Yeah, mm, yeah. So, so. so actually, th there's somewhere on the internet, there's a video of me and the Lonely Viper going at it in an Abba museum. Like, because you could do like karaoke there as well, right? Yeah, like, karaoke. like a karaoke kind of thing. And holograms. Yeah, me, me and do, Viper. Do, uh, yeah. Performance. <laughs> going at it in an Apple song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't that ask. sounds awesome. Oh, my God. Uh, quick question. I'm not an ABBA fan, per se. I know their music on the periphery. Are they mm. alive or are they dead? They they are still alive. Know. But uh, you can go to their hologram show, right? I'd hope and, at uh, least the museum would cover that much, you know? <laughs> These guys are still alive. <laughs> All right, good, 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 good. Smithsonian uh, museums are cool. And the only one that I would uh, point out is um, the museum in London, where you can see like half of the Parthenon that they stole from the Greeks. 
my mm. god like that stuff should be packaged and shipped back to who owns it because the, the brits are ridiculous they've stolen half of fucking athena that's uh anyway i'll get away from that <laughs> that's a bit of a, a personal one um but yeah if you're ever in london that's one to one to go see um, you, can, you can see I, I like i think i've been there isn't that the museum where you can go for free and they have like everything yeah. from like darwin's like Bart's and uh, they had a dodo and uh, they have the Rosetta Stone. The bloody Rosetta Stone is sitting yeah, there. Yeah, they got you some know? sick and stuff. They got some. They got sick some stuff. real and even the building is like the the yeah, architecture cool of the, the building is incredible. Is, it, is that all of her books about translation? Like, is that what they have? No. You know that, right? The Rosetta Stone, the the language uh, courses. No. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're talking about the ones where you, know, you can learn Spanish, so you, yeah, you know, have exactly. audio tapes and yeah. yeah. Yeah, they have all cute. of them in the museum. No, like. <laughs> it was pretty neat seeing, though, you know, seeing the three different kind of, I don't know, Sanskrit or whatever's in there, hieroglyphic kind of keystone. Uh, it's just must must have been such an awesome discovery uh, if it wasn't just, you know, wow. someone making the whole thing. I don't know. Um, but amazing, incredible stuff if you're ever there. Um, the third thing I saw at VR Toronto, just to kind of um, spin out, which was right at the end of the event, and it was their super session, and I almost missed it. And it's sad because... It was definitely like a star-studded thing. Um, was about virtual production. Before I get to that, I'll talk about a little bit. Uh, so one of the Vive representatives was there, and they talked us through uh, Vive Mars Cam Track, which we covered on the podcast a little while back. Won't go into detail, but basically, it's a. If you think you've got your Vive trackers, this is like that times a hundred because you've got these modules that sit on your cameras. So you've got your red camera or whatever it is, like super camera capture equipment. And it's tracking the camera through a virtual environment. Let's say you built in Unity or whatever. And uh, you have this for like an entire production set. So from a film creation perspective, seeing the the direction of market capture that Vive is going for was really neat to hear kind of firsthand because I've seen it on websites. I've seen the tech sheets. I've seen videos of it and I just didn't get it. So that really clicked for me. But then when it really clicked was the next team who came in was Pixmondo, um, based out of Toronto, PXO, and they do full virtual production stages. So they've done it for like McDonald's. They've done this for wow. Star Trek Strange New Worlds, The Mandalorian. A lot of the scenes that you see there are basically like a real actor, real set. That's like you can imagine like a little circle or a dome or a stage. Then a moat, which is like a trench for all the cables and whatnot. And then literally a sea of modular LCD panels that are positioned just far enough away from the camera that you can't tell that it's a screen. And so what do they do? They, they, they create a virtual world, like the deck of you know, Star Trek Enterprise, get it lit and all that kind of stuff, build that out, build just the, the center stage, the kind of middle part. All the actors are there. When the actors look around, they can see they're sitting in the middle mm. of the, you know, so they don't have to kind of like pretend they're not sitting in a big green booth. Right. Um, and so they feel like they're there. The lighting on their clothing is there correctly, Right. And then you can set these stages up in just a matter of days or weeks. Um, if you get something wrong, you had to set it up again. The production cost is a lot less. So I don't know if um, I, I, I shared with you the, the video for that, Rowdy, but there's a, there's a pretty cool video of this even on the website for VRTO about halfway down. Um, and, and it's just really neat. So even if, even if so very, they've had issues where people have thrown stuff or, or damaged the LCD screens and they literally just pop them out and pop them mm. back in. If you go to a lot of conventions, you'll have seen these like hanging up, but the size of the sets, you know, they're like a third, the size of the Titanic. Like sometimes these sets are, are enormous sets. And they also have like shoebox sets, which are quite small, but mm. being able to film 
like a virtual McDonald's, for example, not having to shut down an actual site, like not actually having to show up with the film crew, lose 20 grand or whatever for the day because they had to shut the place down, uh, get the actors in, have only like three hours of shot time, then take it all out before business operations open the next day. Virtual production. That's your answer. So I thought this was really neat uh, because a lot of the shows that we're now seeing, um, take Stranger Things, for example, you know, use these techniques of virtual production. So next time you're watching, see if you can spot the differences um, in terms of what you're seeing. You probably won't be able. Uh, but it's pretty neat because then once they've built this awesome arena, it's there and it's an asset. And what I what makes me really excited is that asset could be transported into a game, right? Mm. Or something like that. And so the future could be really awesome for us because these two worlds are now coming together. Get um, it, yeah. Yeah. So That's crazy. But that was virtual production at VR2. Um, that was our first topic. Uh, again, thanks a lot uh, to the team for kind of bringing me in, in for that. That was neat. I didn't even know it was here in town. It just kind of popped up on my radar. And I was like, oh, that's two days from now. Maybe I can go along. So that was that was a great. I would definitely go back next year. Um, let's go to the next convention. Uh, so, Nathan, you went off to Germany. How was Gamescom? What were your highlights from the show? Wow. Yeah. So uh, a, a lot different than than the Gamescom from, uh, I think it was 2019. That was the last one. So it's been like three years, but not mm. different in a way where, yeah, as we said, like, you know, there were still a lot of people. Um, there was, I think, as much VR as last time, but uh, this time there was no PlayStation because, I mean, why would you still show off like PlayStation VR 1 at this point? I mean, no one is really making any games for it uh, anymore. Um, I have barely seen any quests. I have seen a lot of Pico headsets. Loads of them. Really? Almost no PC VR either. But Pico wait, was wait, dominating games. Floating Gamescom. around or 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 just their showcase? Like, do you mean no, devs like in the hallway kind of thing? Developers using them. Wow. Okay. Interesting. That's also because some developers had a deal with Pico, and since they already published their games on the Quest, they were promoting it for the for the Pico, obviously. And because of that, they could also be on the show floor because Pico would pay for them to be there. Because as you may know, being at a convention is crazy expensive. If it's a stand or oh. just a one minute trailer in a on a live stream, it's it's super, especially for the the VR a scene that is still kind of small, right? So, um, so yeah, uh, Pico was definitely dominating the the show. Um, there were like Pico, uh, there was a big Pico stand in one of the main halls where you have all the like uh, consumer stuff happening. So you need to kind of understand that Pico is between. Uh, a big Ubisoft booth and an Xbox One. So kind of that size. And funny enough, they were in the same kind of area where uh, Oculus used to be, or Facebook yep. or Meta. So yep. I don't know if there was a subtle hint or mm. I, I don't really know. I think that the TikTok booth was at the same spot as where the Facebook one used to be. So oh. uh, I think that's, that's yeah, uh, you can fill it in maybe funny coincidence. That's, that's interesting. I'm curious about the TikTok thing because that's been quite a movement, particularly in the last year or so. Um, are they pushing in the same way we used to see like, you know, Facebook gaming and Twitch at these show floors yeah, where, yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. really trying to kind of get yeah, a foothold? Yeah. So they had the TikTok business. So uh, uh, influencers could go there to learn how to make TikToks. Uh, they did workshops, stuff like that. Or like, hey, uh, maybe I can work with TikTok in the future to 
I don't know, do some campaigns, uh, stuff like that. But TikTok was just everywhere. I mean, everyone uses TikTok now. It's the, the biggest uh, social uh, platform that people are on. So you saw everyone kind of like, you know, follows on TikTok here. So everyone's like integrating it uh, into their, uh, you know, marketing campaign. All the, you know, all the flat games, but also the VR ones. Um, but yeah, Pico got- Stan was like ginormous, ginormous. Just wanted to mention, we've got like a frozen stream buffering issue here at the moment that I can see. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I just had a network issue, but it seems to be back up on my end at Recovered least. again? Yeah. Okay. That's the advantage of a, uh, a live show. You get it here and hopefully everyone can refresh. I'm saying that now because sometimes you'll get stuck and then you'll be re- you know, watching 20 minutes back and it makes chat a fun thing. So, so Pico really dominated. They were right in the center stage. Uh, of where Oculus would normally kind of insert themselves or meta yeah, now. Um, TikTok yeah. was about now getting their teeth even further deeper into the gamer landscape. Anything yeah. else that that surprised you um, in terms of um, people on, you know, at the show? Yeah, so as, as I said, like um, the, the fact that meta wasn't there at all uh, was very strange, uh, strange uh, but also interesting because we... Uh, you could really see that Pico was ready to kind of, you know, uh, join the, the the competition in that sense and try to, uh, you know, uh, get gamers to know what they are doing. Um, you could play um, Walkabout Mini Golf. You could play Contractors after the fall, and I think O Shape. They had a DJ in the middle, uh, being in. Uh, I don't don't remember the, the the DJ sim, but he was playing music in the middle. I think it really captured people because they're like, hey, what's going on? Um, but yeah, but he, was, he, so he was in the center and there were like yeah. demo stations around him. Yeah. And he was playing music, but people could see on a big screen that he was in VR. So he was standing at a like empty oh, table. Sweet. Oh, that's <laughs> so like, why is he standing there? But then you looked up. So from like, you could, they were streaming the gameplay so you could really see what people were playing. And I think that's something they did really well uh, on their end. Um, they also gave a big party to uh, the, everyone who was in the VR industry to come to the Pico party to introduce themselves. They were very aware that they were kind of new to the game. It's like, hey, we're now here. We're going to do stuff. It's going to be exciting. So I thought like the, the way they did it was very, felt very good, you know? In a way, okay, so we are kind of almost like we are a guest uh, to your community. That, that's you smart. Not, 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 not pushing in with... No, um, no, no, no. Yeah, that that's smart. Yeah. That's smart. That's good. That's good that they gave that that feel to you. Um, I do. I have hopes for them. I do have concerns about some of their engineering choices. I'll be honest, because with the latest headset, I mean, everything from the power cable to the weird vent grill on the front. I mean, we'll see. I think they need to iterate a little bit more. I'm just worried that they're going down the kind of HTC route of spit out too many headsets, and none of them are real killers. Um, yeah. Wait and see. What did you get to demo? Anything that you thought was particularly impressive, either hardware or software wise, at their booth? So, I, uh, I, I mean, I did, did see their games, but uh, I already played them before, so I didn't really feel like I had to uh, dive back in. Uh, I did speak to the to the Pico people, so I was like, hey, you know, let's network a little bit. Let's see what we can do in the future, because I'm also down to finally play with other uh, uh, headsets, with other uh, content and stuff. And, you know, we've said this so many times, like we want competition in the market. Meta has Definitely. been monopolizing VR for way, way, way too long. Um, so I'm kind of down to prepare myself for next year where I'm going to play with the PlayStation VR 2. I'm still going to play with Quest stuff as well. And then Pico and kind of have a nice balance, right? Where, hey, yep. this time PlayStation something cool. But, oh, next week uh, Quest has something. And then it's suddenly Pico again. 
Um, I remember those days, man. I, I, I like, I, I remember when it became like, there was a, there was a time and we were both creating stuff at that point where like you started off and there weren't enough games coming out. And so you were, you know, scraping through Oculus share or whatever, you know, you just, t- you got to hit every single thing that came out. And then before long, we had like the Bermuda triangle of, you know, HTC Vive and right. the Oculus Rift or DK2 and then the PSVR. And when that hit, that was like, that was like a special moment. And that lasted for a couple of years. Yeah. But we're, um, we're in the need for that balance again. Like balance is not yeah. in the forest right now. Right. But, um, yeah, so so that that's kind of what's been happening. Uh, Pico is 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 uh, doing some stuff in the shadows. Uh, they are ready to kind of strike. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. Um, and then um, talking about games, I mean, like the games that I played, uh, like nothing personal, but it, it's just like kind of like these are kind of the in between games. Like everyone wants to sell something this holiday, kind of collect some money, make some money, and then meanwhile they're working on way bigger stuff, way more impressive. You know what I saw, and and I see this more and more is that so fast travel games was there, and also Vertigo games, uh, and they are pretty much like they take all these indies and they publish uh, them. You know, and they—that's kind of how they make some some quick bucks. It's nice for the indies, of course, because uh, they have the contacts with Meta, so it's easier for them to get them on the main store instead of them being stuck on App Lab for like ten years. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but it, it's the the games that you play, like okay, they're fun, but it's not like you know the, the big Christmas things that you're gonna you know be super super pumped about. Uh, some people uh, may disagree, but. I was kind of, you know, hoping to play more like AAA things that, you know, we would see next year. But they're really holding off with that. Yeah. They're really, they're all working on PlayStation VR 2. Every time I was asking about PlayStation VR 2, it's like a big smile. I was like, hee <laughs> And they know exactly what's, <laughs> what's, what's, what's up, you know? Uh, and, and yeah, so, so that, that's kind of what you can expect. Um, but I did play uh, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners uh, Retribution. Right. So awesome. Um it was, it was really fun. It was really fun. It, it they changed uh, some stuff here and there. They got some new weapons. Uh, they kind of just went for the what they had in the first game. The first game is really solid, right? So they they can just kind of go on on that engine and use the same kind of weapons and, and like story mechanics uh, stuff like that. They did, of course, introduce some new um, weapons. Uh, and one of them is, of course, the chainsaw. That's what they have been constantly uh, been you know teasing with. I got to play with it. Uh, it's really it's really satisfying although you do need to know that when you hit a zombie it kind of automatically goes through the zombie so it's not like super physics based what it's what i'm saying uh, it's okay. so it kind of locks in it yeah it kind of locks in and, and then it, it just thing. goes but it's not like you can just uh you know uh make you can a just be like taking arms of, uh, off and leg off that's but you, you that's can chop off a, 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 an arm and, and stuff but it's it's not like a blade and sorcery uh yeah. level um but still, That's really, okay. really good to use. Uh, some some new like uh, mechanics, and where you, for example, like see a room, and you're kind of crawling through this vent, and then all the zombies are walking there, and you see the chainsaw at the end of the room. You're like, how am I gonna get it? So you really have to kind of think about how you're gonna do certain things. How does fuel um, work with the chainsaw? Do you have to continually like find fuel for it, or is it infinite? I I have no idea, honestly. Like the demo I played, it was just. Um, I could just use it as much as I wanted. I think they kind of turn off like certain things for press and stuff because it's it's a pretty complicated. If you never played it this game before, you have to play it in like ten minutes time. It's like 
how am I going to even, you know, get started <laughs> the, the, with this? Yeah, there's also kind of like that that whole feeling of inertia with the weapons and any melee weapons that you've got, for example. Getting the flavor for that and feeling comfortable with it does take a minute or two. So yeah, yeah. if you were brand new to Saints and Sinners, you might feel a little bit off. Kind of in the same way that if you approach Boneworks for the first time yeah. and you just feel like you're like knocking your body Made against everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so just to throw out some short games that I uh, that I uh, played is uh, We Are One. That one is already out on I think App Lab. As far as is I that, know, it's the that's one another that clone might, game. Yeah, it's the clone game. Okay, the, um, it looks like very plant covered. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, I, I think I think Mike uh, once covered it on the show. Uh, gameplay wise, really good. Visuals, not so much. I tried to give them as much feedback as possible because I kind of felt bad for not covering the game on my youtube channel but at least i wanted to kind of give them some you know tips and tricks of like hey maybe you should do this or that mm-hmm. um but it's kind of funny like every game has like a solid thing but it's always missing like a major thing that it needs to then really sell uh, to the to the public like, what um, do you think that is for we are one if you're it's 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 the art style uh the gameplay is is great but then the art style is you know like let's be honest everyone wants kind of that red matter kind of you know, Level. people do want to, yeah. Well, let's say the mainstream ones. That of course, some people are more, you know, they like everything. Um, I also yeah. played Broken Edge. Um, I met the guy who uh, is actually a sword fighter. So he's the one who came up with the game. It's So it's a sword fighting game like Iron Lights, a bit similar. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, what, what is it with this, like, like with Iron Lights? And then there's yeah. been like four of these now. I don't yeah. understand. Maybe I don't understand the market, right? Like, why would you go build another one? It's the first one. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It's still a 1v1 fighter, right? There aren't, it's not 2v2 or whatever. Yeah, but it, uh, like he explained me why it's different from other kind of games. This one was more about you have to strike at a certain point and then you get like like damage points and all kinds of like gog stats kind of things happening. It's more like it's a more tactical. App. Yeah, yeah, it's more tactical. Yeah. Um, but it was purely multiplayer. I was like, uh, how are you going to then sell it in the long run? I honestly don't think it's... It's, uh, it's difficult. Like Blaston, this- I think of all those types of games, I think Blaston has been the, in my opinion, the most successful um, formula. I don't know anything about the sales of these various games, but no, yeah, um, tough, right? Yeah, I, multiplayer I know. only, tough. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, Aspire Two, I played. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, so can I play the co-op, right? Because Aspire Two is co-op. But yeah. they said like, no, the we, we uh, the Wi-Fi is too bad at Gamescom to show it. Yeah. So I played single player, but then it felt like I was playing Aspire 1 again and it didn't feel <laughs> super new. But <laughs> but they have two characters now. They have a, like a tiny robot, so the scale is huge. And then your friend is going to be the tall robot, so you're going to see the world in different kind of views. That's, that's cool. And that's oh, really that's cool. cool. So I said, like, I have to play this again with a friend. I think then it's going to be super fun. But yeah. I would honestly not play Aspire 2 alone it's just not really that fun. But if you're together with someone, then you can really mess around. And yeah, the scale is like super cool because there was like, uh, for example, when I was like a tall robot, there was a traffic cone that I could put on my hat, like wear it as a hat. But then as a tiny robot, I could like be in the traffic cone and just walk around and use it kind of as like a hiding mechanic. So I think that's really cool. And they completely like optimized it for that. So that's kind of their big sales point. Uh, I think it's smart that they did that. Um, Something kinda, different, you know, yeah. But yeah. it's funny, this is kind of, well, the scoop, I don't know if it's a scoop, but Meta seems to be really telling developers make more multiplayer. Like, I heard everyone say, like, yeah, so Meta, multiplayer, online. So they kind of want that. I think that's a good thing, because multiplayer is really magical. 
but not when people go for pure multiplayer, like yeah, for exactly. some broken edge, because then you like then then we're gonna get games that expire after a few weeks. And what if everything suddenly becomes multiplayer? Then we got a total different problem, right? So yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of what people want, especially people who've been in VR for a time, is they they want that story to follow or that world to explore. You know, something to kind of lose themselves in, not just for thirty minutes. You know, and <laughs> I, I get it. I get the social draw. I get the reason why meta would be pushing that we heard it from mark and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast yeah. but um I, I i agree with you that something like a squadrons model where you've got a spine which is single player something to fall back on yeah plus multiplayer that's strong right gives you that kind of longer longer term punch but you said it before right one of the one of the other things about vr titles tends to be you know content delivery almost like What's what's your roadmap? What are you planning to feed us uh, over time to bring well, me back? You know, this is the thing that I noticed, and it's it's this is a business tactic that Resolution Games is is mainly using at the moment. Is they make very small scoped games, and they just wait out, see if people buy it or not, and then they add more content to it. Like Bloom. After the Fall was also an example from Vertigo, where yeah. you kind of get a game that well barely has enough content. And then later on, like, okay, we sell, so we, we put some more on it. And then maybe, so you see yeah, kind of like all these like games that, are kind of small right? and they just kind of wait it out. And it's a smart way of doing it because nowadays, you know, like some devs make like amazing games and they just don't sell. As long as you don't sell it, like this is chapter one and chapter oh, two yeah, is yeah, coming. Yeah. That just has proven yeah, not that, to work I'm well. I'm happy that didn't really uh, happen that much. But, the idea, but I love the idea, like even like take Pistol Whip for an example, right? Small scope project. Beat Saber was the same. Small scope, indie solution. Find the kernel that's fun. Give that. You build your base. As the money's flowing in, funds additional work. You know, it's just, and then it becomes, it just becomes this kind of revolution, this evolutionary model of, building on what's it's already just, present it's just kind of it's kind of what i'm trying to say is that this year at the end of the year it's almost like people don't really want to sell their game this year it's next <laughs> year that they want to sell their games they want to publish them then the big ones so they kind of keep them away but meanwhile they kind of have to win some time by publishing some tiny games that yeah, are just kind of like some loose cannon shots and then they hope they kind of land somewhere right so um, what you're saying is if you if you release a game right now when there's nothing to play, you you'll make bank. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. Appar- apparently, yeah, apparently the model they're following is is not that. But it's just, you can it's just like like this year is still about Quest 2 in a way. Uh, and then well, we're soon gonna talk about Quest Pro. But uh but for for gamers, next year is the moment. And when competition is happening, that's where you can sell games and you get more in the picture. But anyways. Talking about hardware, I finally got to try Tilt Five. Oh okay. yeah, I, I went there. I, Wait, the first thing I said, Zim. hold it, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this, or unless you want to stay g- generic, because we got a section to talk about Tilt Five and, and complete. Oh, okay, okay. You then, don't mind. Then I'll, 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 I'll we'll hold that off. Cliffhanger that's right the, here. Bam. Yeah, that's the cliffhanger. <laughs> exactly. Nice but one. I'll, I'll I'll come right back to you for, for that. Any other games, or or is is that it for you? You talked about um, I, yeah, Walking so Dead Saints and Sinners. <laughs> I played the Smurfs VR. 
What the super hell is random? that? Yeah, what the yeah. hell is that sign yeah, tweet? Super random. I don't know. I saw it on the screen. I was like, is that Smurfs? I tried it. It was like like an arcade experience. Who's developing could... it? Does it matter? I Should don't we even care? I don't even remember it. But it was like a Smurfs village and you could like walk through it in, in room scale at an arcade and then just kind of explore the Smurfs village and do all these quests. But I just found it intriguing because they had the Smurfs IP and they could just, uh. just make... It was just kind of weird, but funny. And it reminded me a bit of when I used to go to Gamescom when they had like DK2s there and they like they made these weird ass like experiences. I don't know. I found it just kind of intriguing that it was there. Um, I also saw Hubris. Um, they Hubris were also was there. Yeah, they oh, were cool. showing off their, their stuff. Also uh, Propagation. Uh, Wait, is Hubris coming this year? I, I, I haven't really I think been. it is. I think it's supposed to, but I don't uh, know if they're on I track. Know, Quest 2, they were kind of, they're like busy working on things, but um, PC Did you play it on is, Quest? Uh, no. Or PC? No, no, I didn't, I didn't play it oh. at all at the oh, show okay. floor. But you saw, you saw them there. Okay, okay. I saw them there. Um, I assumed that they would just be showcasing off of PC. If people who don't know Hubris, it's like this sci-fi, very, um, very good looking game. I would almost attribute it to like something like a Subnautica paired with, I don't know, some yeah. FPS. It's got some really weird humor in it, but it looks really great and yeah. i hope they can pull it off yeah so besides that i i played everslawn invasion but that made that, me really motion sick because oh, awesome. the, the, the the speed the walking so speed good. was really yeah. crazy and it that's crazy. the thing that i just can't handle in the long run plus i'm at a convention so i need to do a lot of stuff so i was like listen i'll play it for 10 minutes and then i'm out <laughs> because i i was like i'm not gonna play myself sick here um, but it looked yeah, really good it was fun it was a co it was co-op ever so everslawn invasion is is co-op um, so that's kind of cool for people uh, who don't know Everslot, I just want to mention. So if you like doom or doom eternal, the closest thing to doom in VR is Everslot. and Everslot invasion. Like Nathie's saying, the main selling point is that it's co-op it's wireless. It's coming to, to meta quest two in 2023. So uh, great that you got to play their talking that's about walking speed, Nathie, since we both played that game, how, how does it compare to serious Sam? Yeah, that, well, that's exactly the thing. That's it's, exactly it's exactly. It. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's what I also <laughs> wow. said. I said, like, I played serious Sam and uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not going back. to. Uh, <laughs> so, Nathie, your 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 uh, the chink in your armor is is lateral. Yeah. Walking speed kills it is. you in a See, long run, spin. though. I can I can do it for like an like 30 minutes or an hour. But after a while, it really like, is, yep. yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I was, I was out pretty, pretty fast. Um, so Fastra had another game that I, I don't think I can talk about, so I'm not even going to try. Um, they said, uh, it was a super, super epic, uh, uh, game. Um, I, I think we'll talk about it again, uh, um, whenever. Okay. You don't um, have to talk about it. Just, you know. Yeah, I don't, I also don't even know if I, if I can. I have no okay, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of want to say what I thought about it, even <laughs> without even saying what it was, but, uh, that wouldn't That's make fun. much sense. Um, but, but overall, I wasn't super impressed by the lineup of games. Now I'm, yeah. as you know, I'm At least there were VR games. also, I played too much VR in my life. So maybe I'm just my, maybe some of the magic is, <laughs> it's like gone by now, but the bar, it's just the like, bar I wasn't is very so high. like, like big ass. That's why the walking dead was kind of nice to play. Um, so yeah, gaming but, wise, it wasn't super, um, right. excited. Brent? I don't know what they call it, the French Quarter or whatever in, in Saints and Sinners um, Chapter 2 Retribution looks like they've doubled the fidelity of like objects and shadows, lighting. Like it really looks like they're getting a lot out of that engine. Yeah. To me, I've assumed it's the same engine you played it. 
Is it? Is it the same engine as the first game? I think, think I think it's the same engine. Yeah, it felt okay. like the same game. Which I'm fine with. I'm, I'm fine with that decision, right? Uh, I'm just glad we're getting to continue on that story. I hope they bring in more choices, like a Telltale experience. Because yeah. I think in VR, that like especially when someone's got a gun to someone's head, or if you've ever yeah. uh, played the you know the Walking Dead games from Telltale, where you've got to choose to like cut a guy's leg off or what, just all this kind of crazy stuff in VR, that becomes even more dramatic. I I'm I'm looking forward to well, they 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 definitely uh, are aware that it, that the first one was like a huge hit because they spoke to them and they they uh, were caught by surprise that it did so well because they first made Ar- uh, Archangel. And they uh, they they oh, yes. they had no idea that this was going to be such a huge hit, you know. Um, so I like so yeah, that's the that's kind of like the, the the game side of things. Um, we're cool. gonna talk about Tilt Five later. I, I did try the the uh, haptic gloves from B Haptics, although oh okay, I I do have to say it was quite rough. I found it uh, it didn't really work that well. They're still working on making it better. They're also not going to sell it just yet. They're kind of affordable. We're talking about not like Manus gloves or uh, the, the Tesla suit gloves. It's not that level. It's kind of, it's real gloves, but also kind of fake. So what they do, you wear gloves, but it uses the hand tracking from the Quest. Okay. So it uses the hand track from the Quest. Interesting model. So wait, but then I, so they it, combine it, it with hand- haptics. Is it slimline? Is it like yeah, yeah. white, like a, like a, a fattened glove? Yeah, it's like a mash. Uh, yeah, it's just a very small, small glove. It, it, what I'm saying is, it's not one of these like crazy things you've tried before, the finger snappers or you know, no, 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 no. So it's just a glove or anything like and that. And then on just your fingertips, you have little like haptic sensors that kind of buzz, just like the haptic suit from B Haptics. And then they also have one on the wrist, so it kind of simulates that it goes through your whole hand, but it's not tracking your fingers it just the hand tracking is just the quest hand quest hand tracking and then the haptics is just their software you see what i mean yeah i hear you because, no, because, it, it, that because blend usually is really smart yeah, but I, i'm smart. worried that there's going to be this is my biggest problem uh with with haptics and tactile feedback and it's a very difficult one to get around rowdy can tell me if there's any science tricks that he's got up his sleeve but um the the time to move the actuator in the thing that creates the vibration to then you picking it up has always been there's like, there's some latency with that. And if they're transmitting Mm. over Bluetooth or whatever else, I mean, that should be pretty quick, but generally it's that delay between the thing happening and it, and what we need is we need something to sync those two up so that when it's happening, like, like the, the headset sends the signal, it knows to wait, say 50 milliseconds. And then what you're seeing on screen and what the feeling you're getting is the same. Like play within that gray zone, that tolerance that a human has um, to buy a little bit of time to help sync up the haptics. They do it with like Bluetooth audio these days, where if you're watching a TV or a phone or something with your headphones, you want the lips of the person speaking on the streaming video to be in sync with what you're hearing. And so they, they purposefully delay it that little step. Yeah. And we're not there yet, right? We're not there yet with wireless headsets, but um Things, things really they, like that, that they will likely do with that is do it predictive, that they predict beforehand uh, and then already move it before you actually start touching. Uh, that's uh, one of the things that I know that they're doing. And then also, uh, 
a lot of fluid mechanics. Uh, so, you know, that you instead of use actual like, you know, hinges and that kind of stuff, it's more like like little balloons and stuff that give like pressure. Uh, that's also something I don't know if it will be quicker. Uh, I think so. Uh, but uh, I don't know how 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 much like delay is, is tolerable uh, with that kind of stuff. I have no idea. Uh, okay. Uh, I just want to say to chat, I know we've had a few like network interruptions as we've been going along. So just um, thanks for those of you sticking with us for those listening back. Um, we'll continue. Yeah, it's, it's it's not on our side. It's uh, it's somewhere restream or something because I'm not dropping internet or something. It's uh, It's something I have no control over. Okay. Uh, don't, no, no worries about that. So that's good, Nathan. I'm glad you got to try some hardware, some games. There were a few other games releases that I um, I picked up, trailers that dropped around the same time. I don't know if they were on the show floor. Uh, for example, Alchemy Labs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, a, which is I find this really, really interesting. Yeah. So they've got a full ground up, you know, from the ground up hand tracking game that they're building. Uh, that is also multiplayer. They have not done a multiplayer game before. The, these are the people behind Cosmonius High, uh, Job Simulator, Vacation Simulator, just like that, right? And um, now they've got multiplayer and hand tracking. Look to be some form of yeah. eating yeah, food in game. their trailer. <laughs> Bit of a weird trailer. I don't know so, if you... Um... So they were at the show floor. And uh, yeah, I saw it because I was uh, at the uh, opening night live uh, of Jeff Keighley. So I was sitting in the audience. Oh, yeah. really fun. Um, and yeah, there was some <laughs> VR. I, I wasn't there for the VR, to be honest. I didn't expect any VR. I was like, yeah, whatever. I think Goat Simulator was the best thing I saw. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I saw it pop up. And then I went to Alchemy Labs. And I was asking them about it, but it almost sounded like they just kind of put it out, but it's still like a concept almost. Uh, I feel like they kind of um, got struck down a little bit with like a Cosmonius High, not really hitting the right kind of... And now they, they, they're they kind of not sure where they want to go. Uh, that's kind of how it felt like to me. So um, so yeah, we'll see I, what it is. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's smart. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Cosmonius High didn't land as heavily as they predicted because i think it's it's really well made yeah um, no, it's a great game it's an awesome game it's not the game oh, i think out of the three actually it's probably their best of the three yeah. but it's one of those things where once you've once you've played a game like it and i don't i don't know how much the creators have, have, have helped give it levity you know as well to float it because definitely if if a creator is going to sell a game i mean job sim vacation sim those those were an absolute backbone for a lot of creators for a long time. So they, they got a lot of eyeballs on those games. Cosmodius High is just a little bit of a, a different one third in the series. Um, I'm very curious about how this is going to play out. Multiplayer hand tracking game, playing with some of the new capabilities of the yeah. quest. Um, yeah. Very curious about it, where it goes, because yeah, that's a really good studio. And I think they're going to bring us something fun. So I'm curious what it's all about. It's just enough yeah. to be a teaser. Yeah. Um, the other one that was uh, a teaser and has, this guy's been teasing me, for months now and i i love uh cubism thomas van bowel is developing a sean connery style secret agent pass-through game again for quest where you've got a bunch of lasers in your environment you've got your monochrome pass-through and you've got you know lasers that you've got to physically duck between i mean one of the things that we've we've talked about before and lamented about is vr has gone from being room scale experiences to fucking stand still would you you know <laughs> and i think we, we were all like promised the holodeck. I want to get us back to the holodeck. And there are so few devs backing holodeck like experiences. I mean, the yeah. last real successful one, I like to call it successful in terms of its implementation, Space Pirate Arena, absolutely blew my socks off. Um, this is something similar to 
like a T for God, right? Checks your room space, scales appropriately, has you playing in your, it could be loads of fun. You know, you're at one end of your room, you push a button, you got to get to the other end of the room, could be competitive with friends or whatever. Really, really could be neat. So that was also teased out there. Um, so looking forward to that as well. But those were the kind of main highlights of Gamescom, I suppose. Was there anything else that um, either of you guys picked up? No. Maybe that I, I think, missed or chat? No, I think I think that, that's that's about it. Um, just uh, just an okay show, you know? And uh, for, for, for like being back on track, I thought it was actually quite impressive. It was just fun to be there again with everyone. Everyone couldn't believe that it was happening right. so yeah that's the part that we didn't really touch on was um was there anyone you got to meet for the first time who you hadn't before from like creators and stuff like that i've met a lot of people so it's hard to meet someone <laughs> yeah, new uh but, yeah, sometimes people come names. to you and it's like hey i'm this and like a lot of new like uh, uh, vr content creators who introduced themselves to me yeah. um i saw andy fidel from uh rec room that i i don't think i ever met before hmm. um but besides that, I think um, yeah, most people I, I did, you know, meet before, hang with. So, uh, yeah, no, it was, Glad it was it's fun. back, though. It feels like the train, the hype train is chugging again. And, you know, to have have us return to strength uh, in the footfall for the event, as well as VR taking a presence, you know, there. That's great. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's so, wind, wind in our sails. So it's just, with that, like Gamescom in a nutshell is next year is going to be a war zone it's going to be a battlefield of like <laughs> playstation vr2 coming with their army and then pico and then well meta uh, as well hopefully. uh yeah, yeah hopefully um but yeah it, it, like you can just feel that something is boiling for and it has been boiling for a long time and 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 yeah next year i think is the moment where they're gonna gonna try to kind of compete with each other a little bit right oh, very good very good. Okay, so let's hop over to, uh, we were talking about Sony, like PlayStation VR 2. One of the things that's happened in the weeks that we were away, and, and really just recently, um, there was a barrage of very interestingly timed uh, tweets that initially started to look like leaks, but then you started to see this spring up, almost like news reports of some alien attack, right? Yeah. <laughs> you had Japan, you had Canada, you had France, all coming on uh, with their Twitter accounts, stating that uh, PlayStation VR2 and citing early 2023. So this got a lot of people kind of lit up. All the news sites obviously picked it up. Um, but the thing that I think stood out for me the most is that if I if I if I tell you this date, you almost won't believe it. But like October 13th, 2016 was when PSVR1 dropped. That's more than six years ago between then and this potential date. Six year separation from the original PSVR and the second iteration. I honestly <laughs> didn't think we would have to wait so long between the two. Um, if I've learned anything from VR, it's you got to double your estimates on time because I thought it was going to be three-year cycle and then they'd re revise the headset, change the move controllers, yeah. and we're still playing with moves and aims and the PSVR one at that low resolution. It's 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 kind of nuts. Yeah. So True. I don't know. Looking forward to it. There's there's vibrating face. There's, there's a bunch of different things to it. Obviously, it's a tethered headset. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. My only my only kind of hold back in my excitement, similar to when the first uh, Quest launched and the controllers were kind of a funny shape. Um, I'm not so sure about those controllers. Like they look like almost like a ball, almost like the uh, Sony Ericsson logo from way, way back. And how are they going to sit on a desk? 
I don't know. That's the part that still puzzles me. I'd like to see them just sitting naturally. Has anyone seen yeah, they must have even a, a mock-up? Was no. there anything? I, there was Sony had pulled out, I think, at Gamescom. So they weren't there other than Shu walking around on well, his shoes. Well, they were there, obviously. And maybe yeah. there was even a, a PSVR 2 somewhere. Who knows? But uh, I do think they, they would come with a with a charging stand. Or maybe you have to buy that as an additional. Because if you buy a PlayStation 5 with the controls, it also doesn't come with a... Uh, charging a station right. i think it's gonna be maybe a cable that you plug into it and you have to put it in your playstation and uh that's kind of like bare bare bones and then like you the, have to buy something extra the charging doesn't bug me so much but it's like you know like with an index controller the index controller has this problem too where yeah you you, you want to set it down or you want to you know pick up a mug of coffee or something right just to take a quick swig put it down oh is it easy sense. to put yeah. down and pick up again yeah, or does okay. the thing like flop over like a dead seal like i don't know it looks a bit weird from a it looks cool but how <laughs> does a dead seal flip over i don't know <laughs> that and more in the after podcast show <laughs> I, I don't know but but what is kind of nice now is that uh, developers are talking more openly about the playstation vr2 where it's like yeah. okay you know like the haptics are cool and um, because we all know they have dev kits nowadays um, so it's kind of yeah. nice that everyone is just sharing the excitement already uh, and, yeah. and getting to create like new experiences now because we know it has all kinds of like like tracking tech that you can use to create games that we have never seen before, you know, with like the eye contact and uh, yeah, the, the face haptics, as you said, uh, the I, th force that feedback. Next, that, next, so. that next revolution of, of, in particular, bringing your face and your eyes to your character I think it's going to be pretty neat. And we've already yeah. you know, heard that teased as well with, uh, with the next quest quest model. So, yeah, so, so what, what's kind of nice about this is that, uh, they have more time now to sell more PlayStation fives around the holiday season. And then they're probably going to be more people, uh, who can then also get a, you know, it makes more sense to then buy the VR stuff. Although and this is, I think the biggest, uh, elephant in the room is that they're, as far as I know, there is a recession coming, you know? So Yeah, I you know, mean in terms of people having trouble yeah, with well, money, like having inflation the... and uh, yeah, sure. I mean, everyone, everyone, I'm sure in the chat, everyone who's listening knows what's up right now. It's already kind of expensive life in general, but it's, 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 it's only going to get more expensive to the point. Well, you know, I was going to say in Europe, something might happen. Um, those energy prices, uh, you know, aren't looking good, yeah. even in the, like in the UK, um, we're feeling it in other places. And speaking of price, inflation, and you know economic downturn, um, love this part of the podcast, <laughs> the downtrodden part. Um, the PS5 now is uh, its prices going up. Okay, in select regions, mm. Nathy, any guess uh, what select regions where they might be hiking the price up? The Netherlands, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, just the Netherlands. Well, obviously Europe. Uh, yeah, Europe's, I, I, Europe's actually I wasn't the sure worst one off. Thirteen percent. Japan as well. You're, you're hitting no, it. Bam, bam. Oh, yeah. So those are the two. Uh, those are the two worst off. They got a thirteen percent price hike. Um, any other markets? Rowdy, you want to jump in there? Anyone else who's getting a price hike? The U.S. Uh, U.S. is not. In fact, the U.S. is the only market not getting a price hike. So uh, Americans, yeah. twirl your little whatever that's not kazoo. I don't know what that's called. That little party <laughs> trick thing that the makes little, the buzzing noise American at a party. Flags. Okay, wave your American flags. Yeah, that's it. Uh, shoot off some fireworks uh, for old Uncle Sam. But um, the worst ones off are Europe and Japan. I'll, I'll cover the prices here in a second. Uh, the, the best off, 
who are in the price category, Canada. Canada is getting a 3 to 4% hike. It's almost nothing. It's like 20 quid extra. Not too bad. But Europe, these are the prices. And, and there's substantive dis- differences. So, for example, there's, you might know, if you have a PS5, if, if you don't, right, there's two forms of the console. One has a Blu-ray drive. One is digital only. Uh, you can't load physical media. Mm. So for the disk drive model, it's being increased in Europe from 500 euro to 550 euro. That's with the Blu-ray drive. It's going from 400 euro up to 450 for the digital edition. That's not a small hike. Um, I'll cover a couple of the others. UK, big market for us. So uh, the Blu-ray version, 450 pounds up to 480 pounds. And that's for the Blu-ray one. Digital edition is 400 going to 400. Sorry, uh, is 360 going to 390. Uh, Cover Canada. Why not, Rowdy? So uh, for the Blu-ray side, 629 Canadian dollars. Still sounds like a fortune to me, right? Up to 650. And for the digital edition, it's just a small price bump of 500 Canadian dollars up to 520. So that's an example. But the other markets... Uh, so in total, it's Europe, UK, Japan, China, Australia, and Mexico. And if you want one of these babies, you better be ready to pay 14,999 Mexican pesos. Wow. <laughs> That's how much it costs but for it a sounds Blu-ray. like an insane <laughs> PlayStation 5. It, it's good, though, it's that they didn't um, reveal the price yet of the PlayStation VR 2 because they would have had to kind of raise the price on that, uh, too. So now we we will True. never know how much uh, it would have been uh, previously. You're uh, scaring yeah. me, man. But You're as I said, as I said, this is like that. This is the elephant in the room. Not just like that they raise prices on tech, but just in general, that people are are they? Well, I mean, this sounds super logical, but prefer to pay the rent and and pay electricity and water and stuff. I like don't that. think they, so. Don't no, you don't I really think don't. So? I don't. I don't think people people work like that. I mean, they they said the no? same thing about when. You know, when the iPhone came out, you know, it's too expensive of a phone and like nobody will ever buy it. And I mean, the company is like probably the biggest company in the US at the moment. Like it's like insane, like how 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 big they became afterwards. Uh, but so I mean, I, more I think like in these kind of hardware during a financial crisis. But I agree with Rowdy uh, here. It's the I'll call it the student syndrome. It's like, OK, I'll eat ramen all week. But yeah. I'm still buying my bloody okay. PlayStation. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a okay. bit like that mentality. I know we've all been there at some point of our lives mm. where you're like scraping cash together, going behind the seat, get a couple of quarters. Um, yeah, I, think, I don't know. I, I it think depends on how bad really, it gets. Yeah. I think, I mean, if, 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 if you can't afford to rent, then you wouldn't be able to spend $500 on a, or $400 no, on a No, but it's more like I'm talking more, I, I was more talking about like being more careful with spending money. Yeah. Well, d- you know who's going to get the hit. I'll that. tell you who takes the hit: developers, because you'll you'll have less uh, discretionary cash after you've bought the hardware to then buy. I'm not going to buy three games instead of six mm. or eight or whatever. Uh, I'll tell you what. Personally, for me, with the prices that I'm seeing, uh, both on the PlayStation VR two, including PS five plus PS VR two plus games, like I mean, that's a, it, it's extortionate. It's it, you're talking index pricing, right? It's like it's a grand if I want to even yeah. touch the thing. Um, and right now, I probably would just keep plotting on with my quest uh, for the moment, and that's gonna that's gonna dovetail into our next topic. Um, that, that sounds is... like the, the sensible thing to do, but at the same time, people will go into debt. 
people open up credits and 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 Agreed. in order to 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 go and get the thing that they want, even if they actually shouldn't shouldn't get it. Hundred so, percent. That's what they did with the iPhone. People, I yeah. absolutely know people who took loans out just to afford an iPhone. Mm. Um, okay, that's the road ahead. So PSVR two. Um, any other tidbits? I think that's all the news we have in the PSVR space. Not much, right? We know it's coming 2023. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah, I'm going to guess like, uh, now they said early, right? Last time I heard early, it was like May, you know? Yeah. So I don't know how early February, early is. February, March or something. That's kind of the guess. I guess. Yeah, I guess March. But it could also we'll, be we'll uh, another delay. Who knows? We don't know. Absolutely could. Um, the other thing that I would mention is that these price hikes aren't just out of nowhere, no. right? Sony's move was very much likely an, a necessary one to pass on the continued cost of increases hitting the component supply chain. Uh, and, and just to remind people who didn't realize it or who, you know, ha- haven't had a podcast to help them, you know, deliver their VR news, the Quest 2 had a $100 price hike just a month ago. <laughs> yeah. So but at um, the same time, do you believe that? Do you, wh- Why not increase it globally then? Is it because they're scared that, uh, I mean, they don't sell that many in the U.S. anyway, so that's why they say, like, we're not going to increase the price there? Or what is the reason for for doing think, it? If, if, it's, if it's components that, that drive the cost higher, why is it not a global increase? Well, one thing that, like, I don't know the answer on this, but what, what we do know is that, that America is one of the, the biggest, uh, you know, markets for the PlayStation, yeah, the way so I would the way it's I would it makes sense to increase the cost there the most if the components are the ones driving. No, I understand what you're saying, most. but you also want if if your primary I'll call it hype center is the U.S., you want to manufacture those headsets and your margin that you're going to be getting on that because transport in bulk yeah. is going to cost you so much less. So per unit sold, your transport costs are less. So why not make it more punitive, pass the punitive part of the component cost onto markets that can kind of take the hit, right? If they really want it, they can pay for it, right? It's it's a bump of less than 15%. They're not going to squeal and you're going to you're going to pay shipping less volume, so you're still making more money in your biggest market while while still feeding markets that are otherwise going to be noisy and complainants mm. for you, right? So that's why I think it makes sense to kind of put a shield around your breadwinner um and it would still be component driver i mean if it wasn't a component driver why would they be putting the cost up you know it's the same thing i said for for meta i mean meta bought the market right and now they've got monopoly to some extent and so they can jack the price and you might do that just to make more money but anyway this is a, this is actually a really good segue yeah, this, is a this is a really good, good segue. segue into our next topic so um <laughs> so l- let's go over to this so first thing i'm going to cover the most burning news, uh, which is that we've been waiting almost a year for, which is finally Meta Meta Quest accounts, Meta accounts are now available since the 23rd of August. So I want to absolutely at the beginning, before anyone goes anywhere, pushes any buttons, I need to tell you a big caveat, especially if you're a multiple headset owner hmm. like some people. Um Uh-oh. Make sure you upgrade all of your headsets, not just the main one that you use, to the latest version. Otherwise, you may get locked out of the other headsets and have to factory reset them <laughs> in order to still use them. So it's a real pain in the ass if you don't know that. Makes now, I will sense. say the process of account conversion 
is relatively smooth. I don't think it'll take you more than maybe 10 minutes to do it. Okay. Um, it's basically talking between you take your phone, uh, you take your headset, you punch a code into a special website, which is meta.com slash device. It links the two. The two talk pretty quickly. I didn't notice any delay, even on launch day for these accounts. Um, and was easily enough able to kind of swap them over. Then you set up a meta account if you want. So for me, I was linked to Facebook before. I said, no, thank you. I'd like to separate those two. Thank you very much. I'll follow the meta account. Feed it an email address. Set yourself up. Generally pretty smooth. Okay. That part was pretty smooth. So you didn't my notice experience and you had to with that, if I, if I can yeah. interrupt, was far same? less smooth. So I've done it as well. <laughs> far less? Far less. Uh, okay. I love your website. Like, and I don't, I still don't know why it was. Maybe it was because I'm, I'm a Firefox user. That website does not work for me. Yeah. So Chrome, whenever, I think whenever, a necessity. yeah, yeah. So whenever I try to um, open up that browser, it just, I couldn't punch in that code anywhere. Up until yeah. I, for some reason, cast my phone and I connected to it, then it was all of a sudden it worked fine. Um, so I never had to enter a code, but I think it's fine now because uh, it's not bothering you, me anymore. Did you connect to desktop? I haven't connected yet to desktop. This is another thing you have to do. Yeah. Before you can play with Oculus Link or Air Link, right. you will have to yeah. connect, you know, transfer your account. So you basically have to do this kind of account setup and then log in to all the places you want to use the headset. Um which is, again, it's a pain in the ass for people who are like, nah, but hey, we want we wanted to get away from Facebook-linked accounts. And we have gone through what is quite an unfortunate journey of having an Oculus account, getting forced over to a Facebook account, Germany saying, feck you, Meta, you're not selling in our department. And then now we have a Meta account. It's a little bit cumbersome getting to that. And if you're a longtime you know, Oculus fan and you have a lot of devices... Just make sure you bring them all up to current spec so the operating system on your device can talk with the new meta account and you don't temporarily brick your device. One place I uh, wanted to check out because lately I've been toying around with my old dusty Oculus Go um, is I wanted to make sure my Go would be okay. So I loaded up my Go. Uh, thankfully, it was on the latest OS or whatever, but I saw on Reddit people complaining about, I can't get past the loading screen. Like the headset would boot. The environment is kind of blank and there's this small little three dot loading bar and it just keeps spooling over and over and over again. And you're like, well, what the heck is going on? What, what do I do? But Rowdy, you absolutely hit the nail on the head there. Um, there was a Reddit user uh, by the name of Doppel Gangnam. So thank you to Doppel um, for this recommendation. If you take your phone, i.e. the Oculus or Meta app, and you try to cast to your Go, that link is enough to wake it up, get you to the main menu. Now, that's so and even when, It's so like, weird. How do you and then when you reboot, when you reboot, it still remembers and it's okay. <sighs> one thing I did notice though, uh, and I mentioned this on, I think the last podcast, <laughs> or the previous one, you know, they're doing those net, those new wraparound ads on the quest, which we used to have on go with this like uh, cube map. Those are missing. So now you have a bright blue surround on certain game store pages on the Oculus go. When you go in, Really kind of weird, uh, but an obviously like a, a broken hyperlink almost. But the rest of it works. You can download games on the go still. You can install and play them. Uh, web browsing this works. Is very Casting works, right? <laughs> it's a very specific like, 
review of link like like changing to a meta account playing on the go i don't know how many people are still doing this but oh i know but it's, it's very just interesting like, but yeah like oh, old and they, that they that because i would have expected it didn't work because meta doesn't even know they even made to go in the first I, place. I honestly think uh, that people are gonna think that they're some of their let's say their secondary headsets that might be in the house or go if they go and reach it they reach it they might go oh this is brick now uh, yeah, so okay. that's Actually, why i'm trying to give this it's funny that you mentioned that before because you press uh, a button yeah, but because uh, in the chat, uh, Hiko Dan said, uh, my goal was brick two. I thought it was that. Thanks for the tip. So there you go. There we go. But it, hey. it, it sounds, I'm, I'm surprised that it worked so well for you guys. I haven't done it myself yet, but I've seen so many people say that the migration thing is pure chaos and some people can't it's, get into their headset. It's not so uh, bad. Migrating <laughs> doesn't really like, like they mess something up and then suddenly the whole system is completely. Uh, so Yeah. I don't know, it's maybe so, people it, do something wrong or you guys are just pros. I don't know. It's not so bad, but if you didn't, if you if if you're just your average user and you're like, I just want to grab my headset and I just yeah. want to play, I think it'll be a really unwelcome, especially if you've you know, queued up some friends to play Demio or something. Like yeah. it's gonna be a really unwelcome thing. It's gonna get in your way. It's gonna be a pain in the ass. And so just be aware, like from the meta side, from the logistical side, when you're doing an account changeover like this. It is a major infrastructural problem. Like this isn't easy uh, to do at a global scale. Not easy. So that's why I'm saying I get it. For me, the process was smooth. There wasn't a load issue um, in terms of having my headset reach out to a server and connect my headset, you know, going over Wi-Fi out to the internet. So that part I was happy with. Just update your all your all your headsets. Go to you know software, download the latest update, yeah, and then for, you're you're good to go. For me, it took a little bit longer because I had to figure out that issue, like why I couldn't enter that <sighs> code. Uh, so that was a bit annoying. And also, I I mean I don't know if I'm right with it, but can you can you still download games if you don't update? I think you have to make it decide which you have to decide which horse you're backing. So I believe they force you to decide now. Um, I'm going to continue with Facebook or I'm going to set up a meta account. And, it, right. and you're stuck at that you fork in the road. Anything, right? You also can't link. That's what I mean. You can't use AirLink. You can't, you have right. to, you have to make right. a decision. So that's why, you know, this is going to take 30 minutes if you've got multiple headsets, right? Update the headsets, get them updated, then log into them. So hopefully, you know, so, this is waking you, waking uh, up our audience to kind of go take some yeah, proactive action, it, so it doesn't become but, a pain but if you, in the ass. But if you talk about like like the 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 mainstream audience who buys Quest, the, the let's say the consumers that they, they, they have no idea how this works, it's way too complicated. All the stuff. I really appreciate you explaining this, but like your your next door Quest user who just plays games is not on Reddit, is not listening to any podcasts, just wants to play Beat Saber. It's this like, is the, the worst heck part is of happening. I, I saved the worst for last. Okay. Great. If you are an average consumer <laughs> yeah. and you reach out to Meta support, who are pretty good, they're normally there 24-7, they're pretty prompt, and you say, hey, my headset seems to be unresponsive, what should I do? Their answer, by default, is factory reset your device. Ah. Do not factory reset your Go. Do not factory reset your Quest. Don't do it. You don't have to. So lazy. Follow the steps that we just so, covered. So basically, okay, we do a migration thing and uh, the solution is uh, uh, factory setting your headset. Yeah, great. Great. The problem is pre-migration. If users are, and I've had this several times with my own uh, headset, if you reach a point where they can't help debug you, they're like, okay, the best thing is to give it a fresh a fresh go. So you lose all your game saves that are locally connected. Like, we don't have the same pervasive, you know, Steam Link 
account that's going to save your I've, I've lost before i mean it used to happen with the oculus home environment but please don't don't there factor should, reset there your headset. should be a there, there should be a system for it i think some games have it but it's still yeah this is my know, request like, my I, request to meta please talk to your service agents stop them now telling people to factory reset their headsets it's going to result in a lot of complaints coming but in. so so uh, so after you uh well let's say you do uh get a successful migration then you can just delete your facebook account and it's uh <laughs> i didn't try that yet nathan why don't you give that, it a that's, go that's why you want to that's why people migrate right to get rid of facebook i was like oh facebook i don't want to use facebook on my meta quest i want to you don't want to use my, my oculus yeah, or, quest and now it's finally there links. you want to keep uh fa- yeah, who it's more Facebook about not Rally? having it linked. It's just having uh, that, like, look, <laughs> yes, same company, slight data segregation. Uh, it's in still, left it's and right hands the same, of the same it's conglomerate. Still, it's still data, you know. It's, but really I think the thing, fancy name. the attraction for me is, right, if you're a person who has your online persona and then you have your day-to-day business persona, it's handy to have Facebook not directly connected. I mean, that's that's the only benefit that I see. The real thing is, if you're new to the ecosystem, right, not having to set up with Facebook, not having a, a Facebook account for this yeah. is handy. Then you have just a separate disconnected. And and the other benefit that I hope, German listeners, is that hopefully Meta gets to sell quests in Germany again. I, I hope. think so. I don't know. Because, we, haven't, because we haven't heard those. Physically, those accounts need to be separated. That data is not allowed to be linked together. Legally. If they still do link it together... At least, as far as I know, I don't I don't know the specifics of the account, but if they do, if, and people find out later that it's still linked together, I think there will be massive compensations coming, especially with the with the entire GDPR ruling. Uh, oh, that'd be oh, that'd be absolutely that that would be huge, huge settlement. It's it's enormous. Uh, if you look up the terms of GDPR and what it means to a company, it is absolutely yeah, uh, yeah. bone breaking. It's like ten percent of annual turnover or something. So <laughs> it's, really it's the bad. same as, for example, like like WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. Those two are not linked together. Like they, they, they absolutely can't afford to be non-compliant in this space. They have a gun to their temple, and it's like we're gonna, we're gonna shoot I just you, find, you do this. Wrong. I just find overall like Meta super messy right now, super chaotic, and also the timing of 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 everything they're doing right now. I mean, we're gonna talk more about like Meta later, but like doing the migration now, well. Things have been going down last week, and also this week there are things happening with Meta. I'm like, ah, what the hell are you doing? You yeah. just uh, embarrass uh, everyone in the VR scene, basically. Well, well th- this is a good segue here, uh, Nathy. So, um, yeah. you know, speaking about monkeys and robots, let's move on. Joe Rogan hosted Mark Zuckerberg for a three, nearly three-hour podcast on Spotify recently. Mm. Uh, the full cast is available on Spotify. Uh, along with your favorite podcast, F Reality, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah. when you're done listening to us, if you really want to trudge through that, you can. Um, yes. I've listened to the whole thing back to back, but I'm going to give you the cliff notes so you don't necessarily have to, and then we'll discuss as a team. Um, so I'm just going to hit you with a couple of, I don't know, eight or eight or ten bullet points here. What was what was discussed? Uh, in particular, what what Mark said to to Joe. It was it was less of a conversation, I would say, um, probably more about him pitching quite a lot. But there were some factoids in there that are news and that are quite interesting. So, for example, uh, the next the next headset from Meta, uh, formerly known as the Oculus, uh, will be spoken <laughs> about in Connect either this like September or October, we expect. Uh, it'll be October for the next headset. So that's likely to be the Quest Pro. We'll get a price tag for it, release date, that type of thing. He mentioned also, very interestingly, I see sadly it's Bradley in chat, leg tracking with via an AI model. 
um, whether that's coming now in this headset or in near future, like when they brought about hand tracking, I expected it to be something that they would deliver in forthcoming months or years. Um, they, they also spoke about the quest, the current quests, um, and how they were selling like other gaming consoles akin to an Xbox or a PlayStation, although not giving, you know, hard numbers on that. So that could be them talking it up. Uh, but I do think they're probably in uh, the ballpark now uh, for, for those sales. And one of the things that Mark said in particular was that where they're headed, you know, with with VR development and AR development is that communication is the main driver. That gaming was kind of the entry point. Um, he also stressed Rowdy will be happy about this because it's a future that he's also predicted, right? This kind of spin towards virtual working. They talked about, and I laughed at the terminology, teleporting into the office. I mean, Joe's Joe's just a funny guy when he talks about certain things, let alone giving the to Nathie's, uh, Nathie's tweet, for example, about, <laughs> about calling it the Oculus through the whole thing. That was really funny. He wasn't corrected by Mark either, which I found to be weird. He's like, like the thing is, I, I, this, this, like the start of this podcast, like if you don't want to listen to three hours, just listen to the first 26, all you need to know. But it's so funny because, so Joe Rogan always starts, he just starts. And you know, like every time we saw Mark Zuckerberg speak, he always has an auto cue in front of him, always a fancy camera. He's always in control, always knows what he needs to say. And here it's just Joe (laughs) Rogan. And the thing he says, so, so your new Oculus is awesome. It's very, very, very cool. And he's just like... Yeah. He, he can't do anything about oh, it. Oh, they, they cut to Mark's they face. To... And Mark's face, yeah. you can see yeah. he contemplated and rebuttal. Like, uh, yeah. And he's like, no, don't then, don't say anything, right? No, no, he did and, it well. And, and then Mark is like, uh, yeah, so it's coming, uh, 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 a concert connect. It's coming to connect. And it, it's like, he's completely out of control. And yeah, I think we but in I, the VR scene, we went to, so good, say, good, though, good on this. When, so when I hear Mark Zuckerberg in like not controlled by all those tonight, you know, like lawyers and like this all the filters i i think i think he he's a good talker in that way i he like listen very, very well. eloquently actually very, like very he doesn't stumble with his very, words yeah but he can listen um, very well and he can also cut questions into different segments and answer the first yeah, part yeah. and then go but but the fact that um it starts this way and joe rogan says oculus and i'm like Listen, why did you even change it in the first place? So, so dumb. And then, <laughs> then you just like the fact that everyone still calls it Oculus and he wants it to be called Meta. Then you kind of feel the, 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 the distance between the actual group of people who, you know, play with, with the stuff and hi- him wanting it to be something. You know what I mean? So I, I yeah, found, exactly. it, found it very intriguing. Yeah, very I, intriguing. I did, find, I did find Mark, to Rowdy's point, I did find Mark more down to earth uh, he certainly appeared more <laughs> human-like yeah. in this you than think? he normally does. And I know a lot of people like poking fun at Mark for that. Yeah. And that's fine. Please lay into him. Yeah, he I deserves remember it. He the, does uh, have that Android kind of feel, right? But On the, um, on the Lex the, Fritman podcast, right? The, the first question oh, that, yeah, that, yeah. that Lex asked him was like, you know, that like, are you a robot kind of like thing? And he had to like <laughs> fill in like, yeah, or, like yeah. can you mark all the all the dogs in this picture or something like that. But, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like, can, can you pass the capture, right? Yeah. But I like, found overall... But Lex like, is like that too. Lex is like, uh, he's another big podcaster, but Lex is uh, is quite stoic himself. You know, well, yeah, he, yeah. he almost he's has... A, he's an engineer, right? He's a machine learning engineer. Uh, so, I mean, I, I listen to him a lot because he's very much in the same kind of field as I am. So, um, but he's a, he's a great podcaster as well. Like, uh, and I think that but, uh, Mark did it really well there as well. I yeah. found overall uh, there wasn't much to really 
you know, learn. There wasn't really any like answers like yes and no. It was, as Rowdy said, it was very, you know, he knows exactly. And he's so like also well-trained in his answers and stuff. I was like, how is he going to pull off like three hours? I found Joe Rogan also a little bit, like he held himself back a little bit. I was like, you could have done more. Like, I felt like he was dazed. So so my, this is just, that's what I came up with. The reason why he came on was because of last week when he posted his beautiful avatar, avatar in Horizon uh, Worlds being in, at, well, he wasn't even at Paris, was just a toy version of the Eiffel Tower and then this other building from Spain. Um, that's the reason why. So this was, I think, damage control a little bit to kind of be like, okay, but we're working really cool stuff. So what you just saw, but we're working really cool stuff. Um, because otherwise, why would he come on now? I think that was the reason why he came on. Maybe also to market the Quest Pro. I think it's marketing, yeah, but I don't think, I think that's it's pure. Yeah, it was I think the reason. Last week. I think the reason Joe would have reached out to Mark if it went that way would be because of the the spike in interest around that terrible tweet. Yeah. I say terrible tweet. It because was everywhere in the news. I think that's why he came was. on because they were like, "Oh no, everyone is going to think Meta is doing like ugly." Yeah, things. there was mutual benefit, right? There was mutual yeah, benefit, yeah, yeah, yeah. so he was able to come on. What ended up as it felt like quite a fluffy three-hour conversation that should have been an hour. Honestly, like yeah, I, yeah. I, as I said, I listened to the whole thing, but um, and I do find the interaction between Mark and Joe, particularly around what they talk about their daily habits, their working lives. Uh, one quip that I particularly enjoyed being a remote working guy myself was uh, they had this fun little segment where they talked about their wives interrupting them in flow. So Mark was talking about how engineers like like to be, you know, remote working so that they can get a, you know, a block of five hours separated and uninterrupted. And he was saying how, you know, he'd be in the middle of coding or something focused and his wife would come in just to pop in to ask a general question. And that just totally throws his train of thought to which Joe said, Oh yeah, my wife's the absolute same. I literally physically run away from my wife because I'm, you know, I've got a joke brewing in my head, and if she interrupts me, it goes, and I won't have it for stage, so I have to run away from her. And I love that because that that happens to me too. I mean, I lock myself away for yeah. the day when I'm working. So, um, but that was about the whole teleport yeah. bit, you know. And yeah. they talked about where AR is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I thought Joe um, Joe's been saying this on a number of his podcasts, uh, but you, you'll know, like if you're with younger people even us, you're at a table, people have their phones out. Like it's tough enough to kind of get their attention away from the the draw of social media and that. But what happens when we transition into AR, like there's AR glasses and you've got those, that social media twinge in there. In addition to this extra information layer that you don't want to separate yourself from, you know? Um, And, and will we be able to, you know, identify if it's good or bad for us and set that down or separate ourselves from it? Or is it going to become, so integrated into your day to day that that's it. That's our well, new. That's our I, new found, I found it. I found it interesting that, that he said that um, they they want to push uh, like Facebook and everything they do in general, all their platforms, as a positive thing. Well, in reality, if you look at all the platforms, like the negative or let let's say news is the thing that always does very well. So he says something that yeah makes sense on paper, but when you are spending time on the platforms. It's it's not always that, you know, it's um, yeah, I don't know. Like overall, I, I, I just found it funny. Like the start was kind of funny. Uh, I I've, like Joe Rogan could have kind of gone a little, you know, well, I wouldn't say harder, harder? on that. Uh, no, on I him, agree. But, more Joe. But a bit more, more like, hey, so metaphors. So like like the penguin stuff when we're when they were talking about VR chat, you know, where you can be like 
certain things. And also the Avatar, like, that's the whole reason why he came on. Like, why didn't they talk about yeah, that they stuff? They didn't give a good justification well, like for the Worlds, conversation, right? Like, like, like tell, tell us what you want with Horizon Worlds, because no one really knows what you really want to do with your, like, like metaphors thing. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, very, that, very That just reminded me of one part of the podcast that I found interesting. It, it's kind of worth mentioning because I've, I've, I've seen a bit of it. So they talk about Horizon Worlds for a very short time. Um, I'm not a huge proponent of it, but I think it's got some some draw. So, for example, the fact that they cleanse um, who joins by listening into little snippets of speech and stuff and then mm. kicking people out who shouldn't be misbehaving. So I think that it does offer something if you're looking for a conversation or meeting people. But they talked about a person who I think it was a lady who had lost her son. Uh, she was in the grieving process. And they talked basically about this person attending and going to virtual comedy clubs through Horizon as a way of kind of just having enough kind of activation energy to get into dealing with other human beings again, while not really wanting to go out in public. And I think that that's a really good place for VR to insert itself. Like when, when you are having trouble interfacing with humanity, like if you're yeah, feeling I, outside of that social bubble, I, I, that's I agree. a good place to go. I agree. But the way he brought it was uh, again, like just a, a kind of like, it felt like a marketing kind of, Way I agree of with doing you there. It, you know, I, yeah. I don't but know I if I fully it was a plug agree with that. A plug, I, I mean, a plug, yeah. I, I think there are issues with that uh, from a purely psychological standpoint uh, to be doing that kind of stuff because it's. I mean, I think it's difficult uh, to to evaluate that. I mean, it's probably on a personal level, and and if she indeed uses it in order to step up to get back outside. Uh, exactly. But if she gets trapped in like you know this is enough uh, and I don't need more, I don't I don't think that that's a good way to do it. I, it shouldn't replace it. Uh, I think. Yeah, I I agree yeah. with you with the, the and this is something that I really liked in the answers that Mark was giving to Joe. Like he was asked those straight questions of, will it be good enough to replace real life? You know, and he, he was quite frank to say, no, I don't think we'll ever get it there. And I think that physical in person is something that is specifically, you know, different. But the closer we can get it there, the more immersive that we can make it. The more I think never is again a, a big statement. Area. Like currently, no, I don't think that the technology we have now is in any way even remotely near, uh, you know, being physically present. Like uh, mm -hmm. just touch alone and having facial expressions and all those kind of things are such important factors of human communication. And if, if, if we don't have that, then there's not even... It's it's not even like you can't even compare it to like any human contact. Uh, you know, Zoom also can't do that. Like uh, that's the entire thing. There was uh, a really interesting piece uh, that uh, a live uh, studio production guy called Ari Tar had said at VRTO, which stood with me. He said Zoom calls are abnormal. They are they are not what humans were designed for. Uh, being face to face with another human being. Uh, was limited, you know, in the Neanderthal days and, and days before the internet to really three modes of operation. And that was fight or flight, like if someone was really up in your face, right? Or the other F word, um, you know, really intimate. And so there's something that happens where your brain is trying to analyze, um, you know, what's going on in that situation, like get, picking up those tails or whatever. And so if you're in that virtualized environment, I feel like we have the the opportunity here to get to that place now in the next revision of headsets mm. with P with PlayStation VR two coming with the new upgraded Quest 
like I, with the facial tracking that they talked about, that's quite neat. Yeah. And I think yeah. it will but, transform the social experience. Yeah. So, so talking about, because that was the biggest takeaway from, from the podcast that mm. the Quest Pro, Project Cambria, whatever else people have been calling it, is coming in October. Well, Brad Lynch had a whole like article about it. Seems to perfectly line up with, uh, you know, what Mark said. Um, but what I find kind of, and this is again Meta doing the same trick again, is that as far as we know, it's an enterprise headset. It's quite expensive, according to Brad's sources. It's fifteen hundred US dollars. Uh, it's focusing on. Um, working from within VR, remote work, so doing meetings, doing product design, uh, also uh, fitness workouts, stuff like that. Um, of course, you can game on it too, as we said, um, yep. but it, it's it's more to kind of, you can buy this to create a future for VR and AR, for mixed reality. Um, but the way he sp- spoke about it in the podcast, he doesn't really make clear that it's a almost a business headset. And now yesterday, I think maybe Rowdy can pull up the tweet that Meta uh, posted, uh, MetaQuest. Oh yeah, is no, no. They, they posted <laughs> a, uh, like you could book a holiday at Cambria. And then I'm kind of like, listen, this is your first start of kind of starting to promote the Quest, the Quest Pro. And you're already kind of like almost saying that it's a consumer thing. Well, this is like is- a price point that is so high. And, and, and also, if you look at the specs on paper, again, this is all still rumor. It, it's not really made that for was, gaming. That, you was know? Uh, tweet, that was a weird tweet, man. That was a weird tweet. It is a weird tweet. I, but I, it I is, read it. What yeah. it was, I think it was supposed to be just a tongue-in-cheek, like, oh, visit Cambria in California. But when I read it, I was like, visit Cambriaca? What the feck is Cambriaca? Are you changing the name on it? Is that the official name? Like, it was, it was kind of a silly, um, I don't know, media tweet. And... I don't think it helped. I don't think it like helped. Yeah, but this this, in any this way. starts this starts that like hype between like consumers thinking it's for them, and then the moment it comes out and the price point comes out, and then people buy it and they do think they can play games on it because I kind of dove into it myself. And the controller is something that not yes. a lot of people talk about. The controllers don't seem to be made for games for let's say three hour gaming sessions. You can play games with them again, but they're not made to. They're made for like uh, drawing on like a meeting board and doing stuff like that. So I'm very curious if they can communicate this right, because otherwise you get the problem again of people saying, because really people think now that this is what they should get and that this is going to replace the Quest 2. That's kind of like the vibe you're already getting. This is not going to replace the Quest 2. Quest 3 is the gaming line of meta and they should really communicate that. And I already have the same, the same problem. Uh, as I do with PSVR 2, the entry price is over a thousand bucks. And I know, I know we've been waiting for new hardware for a while, um, but it's difficult to justify that price. You know, yeah, this, it's got to really be a I'm transformation. Saying, this is not going to upgrade your gaming experience because it's not made for games. It's well, not specifically designed for games. It does run games, but... It's not like the whole headset doesn't scream gaming. It's made for you, 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 mixed reality. You can reality. say that now, though. Like the second we start to get App Lab, you know, experiments, we're right back to Oculus Share again. Like, doesn't matter if the headset was designed for truckers. Um, devs will find a way to utilize that new hardware and new grunt yeah, but in it, a way. It's that a we're working enjoy. tool. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I get it. For, and, for, and, the, the, for price, the enterprise the, industry, the price is the main problem, right? The the, the price no, is it's uh, not a problem because is it's the, it's made for enterprise. 
Yeah, but what I'm saying is like, and, and we are going to have that. We, we've seen this in the Asian markets, right? Like with, with this confusion around con- prosumer or consumer blended together. Yeah, but is We're this pro- fifteen hundred bucks? Do you call that prosumer? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah anything still? under two grand, anything two grand US is within the realm for you know a pro gamer. Um, You're it's still like buying a new laptop, buying a yeah. moderate PC. Yeah, people would pay fifteen hundred for a graphics card. You know, when when things times were tough with uh, graphics cards and crypto miners. So yeah, it's still there. Uh, I just don't want to mortgage my house to get one. You know, I, I, the benefits have <laughs> really got to be. Yeah. Standing out. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll be enough, but um gotta get my head into one first. Uh, the thing for me that was the main takeaway, um, which is really interesting, uh, was Mark's uh position about uh his remarks. So Joe said uh he thought that Mark was taking a really informed gamble on both VR and AR. And I agree with that. And then Mark responded and he said, I think we're going to lose a lot of money for a long time. Uh, But then he went on to say, I do care about winning for our shareholders and employees. And I thought that was a really interesting point from him because what we've seen, and this is, you can see it in the marketing, in the strategies, in the undercutting of the price of the original Quest, the Quest 2. They're willing to take a sting to try to kind of win the future, so to speak. But what we saw through the impassioned speech from, and I I think it's more of a speech really than a discussion with Joe, the speech from Mark was to say, I care about VR and AR and I buy that. Um, I don't necessarily buy the way that they've been doing it, but it seems like they've, they've, they've kind of made the conclusion. (laughs) We're going to get in with gaming. We're going to transform through business. And then we're going to end up in a place where everyone's using this platform for general day-to-day communications. Well, they they have to move on because if, if you look at the you know the price race, the software sales aren't going so well. So they well, have not, to try something else. Not now. Like we'll game, see where it goes. The new headset comes out. That's the they, thing. They, they, they're running a dangerous play here because if they release a headset that isn't for yeah, their existing not, base, oh, it's not going to be. A, it's not a gaming headset. Like uh, like I'm I'm almost one hundred percent sure about it. And the, this is the mistake. And then, yeah, it's Quest 3. If you want a gaming headset, wait until Quest 3 comes out or buy yeah. PlayStation VR 2 or buy this new Pico thing. Um, that's that's the stuff. If you're a gamer, that's what you should focus on. It's not, yeah. not this headset. Of course, if you're a hardware nut, if you're a VR enthusiast, you might want to buy it. But if you think your, your, uh, you know, your contractors or whatever game you play is going to significantly improve with this headset, you're wrong because it's not made for games. <laughs> I don't know, but it's fine. I mean, I'm not saying but you're like, allowed to buy it. I feel like the yin and yang balance here is starting to come back, right? If they if they uh, take the time, take the breath, right, to to open up and not feed that consumer market, it opens very nicely for, as you said, you know, PS2, for Pico, it for does. others to kind of help rebalance. And to be honest, longer term, that's healthy for the environment. Yep. Uh, and what I mean is the ecosystem, right? So we want that. So, I don't know. Thanks to Meta for maybe backing off. Let's see what they have to say Connect. Please tell us where Connect is going to be scheduled so I can get some things off work. Honestly, let's see It will be. Yeah, they said that before they were going to do it virtual. Yeah. But like normally they give you a couple months notice back when it was a physical event. 
Uh, you know, if they're launching in October, it's got to be sometime in September, so, October. So one thing that I don't know if you had this on your like agenda, but yeah. so Mark posted this 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 photo right of his avatar, and then he came suddenly. He said like, no, but we have something else. Like this was just oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the thing. It's kind of silly. <laughs> but then they posted something new. Yes. Um, that looked kind of nice. You mean the one Not that looked kind of like an Arabian? Um, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, high end. A beautiful uh, draped terrace and a picture, like a, a recreation of Mark's face. Yeah. In a way that improved. But apparently. In the same way that Dolly would improve, I think, on the original. You know, it was like yeah. an upscaling of so, the original. Yeah. And then I, I instantly saw that it was just concept art. I was like, I don't know how they're going to rig the face. But then uh, the guy who made it said, like, yeah, but it's not concept art. Now, Upload has been digging into it, and they found, a, like, some old data on LinkedIn from a post that was deleted, apparently. And it is indeed concept art. So I'm always like, Meta, if you make a mistake, just say it's a mistake, and we're going to work on it. Don't try to then quickly do something else, because now <laughs> they made it even worse for themselves, because they now have, again, a new avatar that they don't even know how they're going to rig yet. How they're going to use with the eye and the face and the, you know what I mean? So, well, they've got to do, I mean, uh, I, I think they're working on full body avatar systems now based on what Mark has been saying. Uh, if they don't already have that ready for showtime, I'd be surprised. But uh, again, we're kind of like where we were before hand tracking was a real deal. You know, it's like, okay, we're, we might be able to release this. The headset might be able to get this. Maybe it's months away. Isn't anyway, I, just I, I encourage it. It's coming. It's I good. would just like I would just focus on working on stuff behind the scenes and stop posting pictures and things on on like Mark's timeline because I think that, what that, you're seeing you this kind of Nathan, stuff. Tell me if you agree. I think what we're seeing with Mark now is not totally dissimilar from what we saw with Palmer Lucky when he was the Oculus guy who would say things at kind of awkward moments. Post stuff maybe that should have been vetted. Yeah, but uh, like you're yeah, getting a little uh, bit of that from Mark, and it's a bit weird because nah, Facebook doesn't normally thing. operate I mean, this way. I mean, Palmer was was in touch with the VR community. He was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, do you yeah, think Mark then, is in touch with the VR community? Uh, <laughs> does he need to be? I, no, that's well, enough. That's enough to, like, does he need to be? Is he, is he that? Can well, can he? Can he be? Because uh, he's you know. I think they're missing someone in that spot. We've said that before, yeah. right? Someone who's like the face person for all of this. Um, maybe Ruth is the closest that it's they have. The, it's just like the, 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 the takeaway here is just that I wish they just didn't embarrass themselves and us as the VR community because <laughs> yeah. this picture is, yeah, I, I, I'm i going to be honest. I found it really funny at the beginning, but I'm like, yeah, we're in the news again with VR and this is all people read about VR now, you know? Yeah. And like, I know like bad press is good press, but in this case, this is really bad, bad press, you know? It's just like, I wanted to just hide in a corner and be like, yeah, I'm, I I don't work in a VR scene. I, I'm not a part of this. I don't want to be even, you know? <laughs> yeah. So v VR to one side is probably a good opportunity for us to look at what AR, what's coming in the AR space. Um, yeah. So Tilt 5, um, what is it, right? This is the uh, first AR system that uses an innovative projection technology, leveraging reflection tech, uh, to allow you to play games uh, in person or online, kind of a board game style, right? So um, this is interesting, uh, interesting tech. I got a chance to play around with this and, and meet the team behind uh, Tilt 5 at VRTO. Uh, Nathan got a chance, hands-on at Gamescom. So now we get to 
joust as we normally do uh, on our opinions of this thing. I'll just give you some of the tech specs first. If you don't know what it is and Rowdy can show us maybe some screens and images of what this thing looks like. First off, the headset, AR headset, uh, so to speak, is a tethered headset. So it does need a computing and power source that can be a PC, a laptop, uh, and in future, an Android device that you can tether to. Uh, it's quite lightweight, kind of similar to like a feeling of like Ray-Ban glasses or something like that. Uh, they say it's 3.5 ounces or about 100 grams. Um, white, kind of funky, retro style looking uh, glasses. I actually found them totally comfortable. My demo length was about 15 minutes or so. It's got these dual 1280 by 720. Um, I don't know what an Elcos Pico projector is. Someone more up on the tech will tell you from me. It's got like a, almost like a... 45 degree tilt or something built into the frame of the glasses. So they do look quite interesting, almost like a future bifocal uh, frame. And uh, if you want one of these, it reminds me of, there's a lot of things about this that actually remind me of the original uh, development kits that Oculus had. Uh, the current ship time is about five months. So you can pre-order with a $5 deposit. Uh, the cost for one of these is $360. It's $660 for a set of two. Uh, and three, uh, sorry, 960 for a set of three. Um, it comes with a, a fold-out silver, as I said, reflective board game. Larger than most board games you'd have, it kind of folds into, I don't know, about eight pieces or something folds on top of itself. So it, you could you could, you could could definitely take one of these in uh, overhead, over you know, carry-on luggage. That's about the size of it, but you'd need a backpack. It wouldn't fit into a, a purse or something like that. Um... It is uh, full color, so it is not monochrome, uh, in case that was your impression from an AR headset. Uh, the field of view is quite broader than like, um, say, like a HoloLens, if you've tried something out like that. Uh, it's pretty decent. The edge of the board as well when you're playing uh, can be tilted up for an experience. It's uh, Playing with it uh, feels like you've got a depth of about, I don't know, six to eight inches of what I'll call depth information as you're looking down at the board at like a horizontal angle. Again, like if you were sitting down to play Monopoly with your family, um, you might ask the question of what can you play on it yet? Uh, there's only a few kind of games, no real big names, although a new one called uh, Catan, which we had on the go, for example, before and came over uh, on VR as well as available on Steam, now is is coming shortly uh, two tilt five as well. So that's Catan in an augmented experience. We can sit around a couch, look down at this board and remember you can play online. You don't necessarily all have to be in the same physical space. The board is just like your uh, pro projection screen, so to speak. And even if you wanted to get some of this special reflective material and coat your walls with it or a bigger table, apparently you could do that. So I don't think it would be to your advantage because of the FOV of the headset. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, the frame rate, um, and the experience, although they're saying it's a, a higher frame rate, I'll be honest to me running on a laptop, it felt like maybe 30 FPS, maybe 20. Um, it didn't feel particularly smooth in that way. Um, and the FOV for me was about 90 degrees, although on, on paper, it's supposed to be 110. Um, and what that means is as you're looking down at the game board, if you're looking straight at the game board, pretty much the whole game board is filled up. But as you move your head left or right, you'll see the crop line you know, come in. So it's it's pretty decent for where, where the tech would be right now. The headset also has stereo speakers, much like, you know, the Go once had or the Quest has today. Across the bars, so one in each. So stereo audio in there. Again, it's not going to impress you if you've got an index and have loved that audio system. 
That start of the trailer. The start of the trailer made me think it was a Walking Dead experience for a moment. Like, <laughs> like it starts oh. like people picking up like an axe and like another person like <laughs> like a shovel or like something like you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a bit weird. Like, there, there, there's a few there's a few different um, trailers that uh, that they have uh, that show off like how the experience looks. But actually, the recent Catan one is maybe one of the better ones. The other thing is it's got like a Wiimote. It's probably the closest thing I can say. A Wiimote-like uh, controller with, a, with an antenna on it. And you can hold it in two orientations, just like the Wiimote. So you hold it either in vertical orientation, if you're kind of moving the board around or whatever, or sideways, kind of like an old Nintendo Entertainment System controller or a Wiimote. Um, that works pretty well. It's about the same weight as a, as a Wiimote was. It's got two AA batteries in it that drive it. It does have a bit of tactile feedback. The headset itself is fixed off, so you can move your head around. Um, if you're not stuck and fixed in place, uh, and largely to me, um, it feels in Techland like the 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 leap in tech between the DK one and the DK two, uh, and I say that because is this something that I would you know race out to to pick up? Not because probably not because of the where the software is like the use case. I don't see it, and I would have to buy at minimum probably two to have a fun time with people around the table and we would need to have separate again, laptop or PC or Android to tether to around that and makes it makes it kind of an all in price uh, for an inflated all in price. But um, I'm curious, what, what did you get to demo Nathy before I go into my kind of demo specifics? Like, and what did you think about it? Where does it sit for you in the augmented reality market? Um, so, yeah, I thought it was amazing. Uh, I, I, I think it's the best thing I tried at Gamescom uh, of what I can talk about, by the way. Um, but yeah, it was like really impressive, really impressive. I found it really fun. Also, um, you know, the team that is working on it, uh, like great energy, um, super fun. It reminded me a bit of, of, of when I was, uh, you know, little, I, I played with Legos and I would kind of like go with my head into the city and kind of be immersed in that sense, you know, where it would kind of come to life. Um, and the thing is like, as you said, it's kind of basic. But, I mean, you could go way beyond that and kind of, you know, resolution and frame rate and this and that and make it, like, super fancy. But the way they have it now, like, almost like the the, the simplified version of this is immersive enough to have a great time. And that's why everything is so small. That's why yep. you can kind of carry it with you. And it's totally fine. It's fun. It's like my brother also tries to, like, why don't we have this yet? Like, a thing like, oh, like, cool, we can play a board game. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was fantastic. Um, also, I, I didn't feel like it was like running on a low frame rate. They use like this frame smoothing, I think. Um, but um, for for what it does, it's just yeah, it's like like bringing board games to life, but also uh, top down shooter games and 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 stuff like that, right? Yeah, um, like running through a little isometric dungeon yeah, or something a, with your little guy. Yeah, yeah, that's the. I was like, okay, I'm going to play board games now. But then they showed me like uh, yeah, a little uh, game where you were like uh, a knight and you had to like uh, hunt like, down some monsters. Kind of like and... Fable or Diablos yeah, like yeah, and you yeah. were in a forest. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one that I did. So I'm glad that the frame rate thing, because I, I thought my frame rate issue when I saw it was probably a limitation of the laptop that I was connected to um, and based on the tech spec. So I think that being smoother for you is is good. I think it's just beyond the level of um, just beyond the level of where it's now gameable. 
it's like now you can sit down and you can play yeah, with this thing. Yeah, but because of before, that, it's 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 great for consumers to have, not too expensive. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, easy to carry, you know. Because if you go further, like a lot of companies do, they kind of go the other way. You know <sighs> what I mean? I, I I can't agree on the on the not too expensive for consumers. The the all in price of having to have again a computer each right now. You can't run two of these off of one no. laptop. You need to have an individual laptop or PC for every headset. And if I'm sat there and I only buy one of them for 360 bucks and I wait five months and I get it, and I have my laptop here and I have my party of, let's say, four people around my, my dinner table. Yeah, okay, okay. And we're sitting down to play a board game. Well, I've got the thing on. You might, okay, you might be able to watch the laptop screen, which you can. It's kind of acting like a, like an Oculus Mirror would. You can see what's going on. Well, I've got the headset on and I mm-hmm. make my move or whatever. And then I pass the headset over. But ideally, I think you wouldn't sell... You wouldn't purchase as a consumer less than two. I think you would stick with two as like your minimum base package to be happy. And for that price, plus the cost of the devices that you need to run it, it's a bit much for me given what what I see there. But I think this is just like early VR, right? Once we've got stuff that's delivered for it, that's multiplayer, that's what would excite me the most, like board games. Um, You know, have take your Demio type experience and put that into... Yeah. This AR. Because being present, like what you said before with the, um, what's that mixed reality headset you got excited about with the doorways, uh, the links? The links, You know when yeah. you're like, you, you know, yeah. you're present, you're in the environment, you're not yeah. shielded from the environment. It actually feels like really nice, almost like a breath of fresh air to not be cut off from reality. That's funny coming from an F-Reality podcast guy, but, uh-huh. you know, like it feels nice to be integrated in reality while you're having your, your fun gaming experience. Like so, Pokemon Go. Something like, like that. Like Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, this, I think. Yeah, but this this I I think it has huge cool potential not only for 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 people who want to play at home, but also uh, at a at a, a live poker game or um, oh, you know a, a, build, a building contests for certain things. Um, or also they explain that you can have a three D model and then have someone work on it while you also do things uh, with it. So it's also like a like for for production uh, stuff for like the coolest, B2B. It's also interesting. Thing, I was thinking about it and now I wasn't big into role playing, but like as a dungeon master with players, you can have a different view than whatever everyone else is seeing. Yeah. yeah. Um so you've probably seen it in Stranger Things if you're not a person who knows what D&D is, but Dungeons and Dragons you used to have to have, you know, the big book set up in front of you so that they couldn't see your notes or what monster was around the corner or whatever. So for dungeon masters, I think that's, that's pretty cool. I love your idea of card games because that's so extensible. Once we get to the point where you've got like, and I'm really wondering now how, how much would it take for a uh, board game simulator, whatever that that's called on steam to get integrated with this. Cause that would open it up exponentially. Mm. Um, yeah, but there is a limit, right? Cause it is, that stereo depth is, uh, you know, it's like eight inches off the table, but beyond that, you're not talking yeah, about a room-wide experience, right? The, yeah. So it not, it's not going to work for every application, but it's it's really cool. But tech. I just I just see this like like having like this on like a stream where you watch people play around a table, seeing that. that That's cool. I think this is going to be a new genre of like entertainment. Uh, yep. So even watch- if you can't pay it, like even if you can't afford it, watching someone play with this and getting to see the visuals. It's great. It's really fun. You've done Hololens too, I think. I haven't. Also, um, yeah, Nathie. In terms of FOV, yeah, that, that, that's, how that's, does that's, FOV? That, yeah, but that's a total different kind of like approach of experience. AR. So I don't think you can compare that. 
but not in terms of the tech, just strictly on the field of view. Like it's been it's been ages ago. I play with Hololens too, too, but okay. uh, yeah, we'll leave you off. So yeah, all that the Germans got to you. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, all in all, for me, I'd say maybe maybe save your money, but keep your eyes on this tech yeah. because it, and, and cool try it somewhere. I would say like I know it looks super stupid and silly with the with these glasses and this I think weird it looks awesome. controller. I, 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 but, I disagree. But I think if it looks you try cool. it. Yeah, okay, but but most people are going to be like, okay, what was this, like the, the Jedi thing that I uh, played last time? <laughs> it you does know? look the like the Jedi thing. experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but yeah. yeah, seriously, if you get to try this somewhere, do it, because then you start to get it. And, and as I said, the team is like super fun to talk to. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well, uh, I know we're two uh, hours and 15 in, yeah. but we yeah. will make time uh, for releases. Uh, developers, if you happen to be in chat, and your answer to tell this audience about upcoming release that you've got, feel free to spike that into chat as well. Yeah. Um, with that said, let's let's hear what Nathie's selections are for the spotlight and releases. Okay, so let's just, do, let's just blitz through these. I have uh, three in total. First one is Intercosmos. So Intercosmos is a virtual reality game. Oh, what a surprise. About the sheer terror of falling towards Earth at breakneck speeds. Now, Zim played this in... I think okay. 2017. 17. Yeah. When VR was still alive and kicking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Before I flatlined a little. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you like Room Escapes, uh, this is like a Soviet themed Room Escape game where you're dropping from space and you're you're like you're like a stowaway and you got to figure out how to land this. It's really cool. The premise I got to meet these guys, I think it rezzed in London. Um, and then I played their game and it was like, this is really neat. I never beat it. So um, I'm going to have to see if I can dust off my room escape <laughs> self and get myself back in here. But definitely fun. Uh, anyone who likes their good room escape, you know, I'm glad this is coming to Quest. Those That that team deserves to bring it to a new platform. Yeah, so, so it's coming to Quest on September 1. Yeah, uh, prize-wise... <laughs> uh, I couldn't find any infos yet, but I, I expect there's maybe 15, 20, 20 bucks. Maybe. That's what I would guess. Yeah. Um, then we have, it's funny. I can always just look at a trailer and then predict the price. Kind of weird. It's kind of alien uh, powers. Um, then we have Ultimax. This one is out. It's free. Um, it's a knock meets Rocket League meets uh, yeah, like soccer and robots and Transformers and stuff. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, that's best description ever. I was going to say, um, that sounds like a very active afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Good workout. Um, so yeah. you play in an arena, um, you hop into this like uh, super professional athletics robot. It's also kind of like rigs in a way. Um, and then yes. you have to, I think it's like, I haven't played this yet. So I'm just kind of looking at I mean, what, what I'm, I'm the same. I'm, I'm excited for it. It looks, it looks pretty good. It's you like have to kind of shoot the, the ball course. into, yeah, and you have to kind of shoot the ball into the goal of, of your opponent with like um, missiles and stuff like that. Um, it's free, surprisingly. Yeah, I was super. Uh, and, and this surprised. is Resolution Games, the company who we know also put ads. Do you remember yeah. that? Ads on uh, the quest well, as far as company. Yeah, that, so I, I was kind of like, hmm, free to play? Yes. Uh, uh, so, interesting. Uh, you know. Oh. Uh, yeah, but it's, surely it's going to be cosmetics, right? I, I imagine that's how they're going to... Uh, it's just going to take That's what a, they also said last year. No, I don't know. But uh, That's a very good point, Nathan. See, the thing is, I love <laughs> Resolution Games. I think they're one of my favorite studios who've brought us, you know, everything from Bait, uh, Narrows... Uh, bait, yeah. Just, um, 
the Squirrel One Akron. <laughs> yeah. Love these games, right? They've had so much fun. If we said on. you know fun was the theme, but you're right. I mean, they tarnished their their name a little yeah, bit. People forgot about that. The forerunner of testing ads in game before yeah. they got shut down by the but internet. The thing is, let right. me tell you one thing, and and I don't know if this is like gonna happen or not, but I feel like they tested it out, then they apologized, but in the end, this is the perfect company for the ad situation because they have a background in kind of doing that stuff. So I feel like they huh. will get back to this. And uh, when it's more acceptable, because as, as we said, software sales weren't going that well. So maybe yep. ads are coming, you know, they are coming. If you like it or not, they're coming. I don't know if this Ultimax is going to be the one, but they uh, basically go for free to play model. See if people play it. It's purely multiplayer again. So this is playing on safe. So this is how seems that seems pretty cool. Now on uh, yeah, yeah, Quest yeah. 2 and uh, it's uh, it's coming uh, to PC on September 15th. Um, oh. so and so that's yeah. play it now that's 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 play it well, now. yeah yeah i would play it now until it's dead and then uh yeah play the next multiplayer that comes I, 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 unfortunately <laughs> i unfortunately think that um the prediction there of like it's it's only a matter of time before we have this you know in head in headset advertising i think that's an inescapable future unfortunately yes uh, i know but he I said it best in uh in chat there he said fuck ads yeah fuck ads. <laughs> but you know I, I don't mind paying a price for something, provided they're not going to advertise me after that, you know? So I'm surprised there are no ads in the arena of, like, Ultimax yet. But, um, yeah, they, they like, Resolution Games, I feel like, is on the on the rise and on the hunt for the ad thing. They are one of the first ones who are going to implement it again. I'm almost Let's sure see. about that. Let's see. I um, trust them. I don't know. Yeah, I you see. do I, trust them? Great. I, they've, done, Great. they've done a lot of right decisions. I don't trust I don't, anyone. I, um, I know you don't. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't want to beat up uh a studio necessarily before they've done the wrong because they tried it and they backed out and i think if we say studios please don't experiment i think that's the wrong message i would much prefer that people try something fail at it and backpedal you know i'd much prefer that actually oh oh well yeah we'll 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 see time will tell um then last but not least nerf ultimate championship um, I've seen a lot of like bait videos on YouTube. Every influencer <laughs> yeah. is playing it, says it's amazing. Um, as far as yeah. I know, it's kind of basic and kind of bare bones in terms of content. Uh, I feel like it's more of a, like a commercial for Nerf than anything else. But hey, that's just me. Um, so yeah, you can squat up. Uh, it's a 4v4 multiplayer Nerf uh, battle game. Um, it feels kind of slow. Again, I will play it and let you know. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Like from the community side, I didn't hear that much. Like it's kind of forgettable. I, yeah, I just want it. Just makes me want Solaris back, honestly. Because <laughs> okay. Solaris did yeah. that model uh, yeah. so well. It's very similar, right? In in style, very similar. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. It, that, that's why Nerf is like, hey, we could copy that and release it in a year. <laughs> but that's kind of that way. Um, there was also another mention from uh, Guy Godin had mentioned. He said uh, da 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 da. Virtual desktop will be coming to Pico Neo 3 and future Pico headsets this fall. Okay. So always looking mm. forward to more virtual desktop because it's okay, a that's... magical application that makes your dreams. I, I can't I can't say much, but that's gonna be lit. You have no clue. That's gonna be so lit. Just wait for it. Now I'm now it. I'm excited. Now I'm excited. But, the um, last time you said to be lit about something, uh, nah, it's yeah. it's it's yeah, delivered, next level. So. Next level. So, um, a Nerve Ultimate Championship available now for fifteen dollars on Quest Two. I don't think any of us have played it, so maybe we're just uh, saying stupid things. 
Um, but uh, it's it's up to you. I would definitely watch your review that doesn't say paid promotion and then see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. True. I it's know. always I, better I, than. Got to take it with a pinch of salt, right? So yeah, yeah. So there Absolutely. you go. That's uh, the well. There are many more releases, but yeah, we haven't done a podcast in a while, so let's just end it there. Yeah, very good. No, it's excellent. All right, so that's uh, now's the time. Almost over. Oh, uh, if almost. You have to be list- almost. Uh, yeah. If you happen to be listening to us in the future, the far future. Wow. And this crew is all dead and buried. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is that creepy moment where we're all saying hi from beyond the grave. Hello there. Wow. <laughs> finally, right, I well, rest. finally, I can rest. Finally, I can rest. Yes. We can rest. Yeah, uh, finally. Uh-huh. No more videos. Yes. No more viewers. Uh, 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 thanks mm. for watching and listening to F Reality. New listeners, here are the set showtimes. Uh, we are live. We we do live stream every other Saturday when we can <laughs> on <laughs> YouTube hell? and on Twitch. The live the show is live from 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. in Ireland. Sorry, Mike. Uh, 7 p.m. in Germany. Yeah. And uh, you can check out the audio version, which is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. And I just ask that you please be gentle with that like button. Uh, and if you choose to subscribe to the channel, be forewarned. Yeah. There is more of this to come. Well, we'll, we'll uh, definitely keep you guys updated on uh, on on the show and what we're gonna do. Um, it's just like it's summer and it's kind of crazy. And uh, yeah, we're we're still here. We're aware <laughs> that that this show uh, that people listen to it and they like and we, it and they wait for it. So it's so good. Yeah. It's so good being back. I want to bear hug everybody. But <laughs> we can't do that just yet in VR. Yeah, I was so like, I was like, we're gonna do, do this virtually. show and there are like ten people showing up, but it's like the exact same. Uh, a group of people like always yeah. I feel like yeah. if we would do it in 10 years from now they would still show up but, uh. <laughs> so do we did we have Rowdy did you spot anything did we have uh, anything from chat before we make like a YKK brand zipper and zip this up uh, I, I haven't seen anything uh, specifically uh, no questions uh, none, none of that sort uh, just people happy to see that we're back on the road okay Super. well the VR world will be boiling over with excitement soon We're thrilled to ride this with you and we'll see you all on the next F-Reality podcast.